0: Monty Show, The Truth in Sports Talk Streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find the Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty.
1: Hey, yo man, how the heck are you? The Monty Show the truth in sports talk right here on YouTube. Presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business, no doubt about it. Theadvocates.com where you never pay a penny to chat with the best injury attorneys in the business, car accidents, motorcycles. I know a lot of people on their bicycles. Uh, We've seen those accidents, you got hurt at work. It's all good at The Advocates where you never pay a penny Unless and until The Advocates win your case, chat with an attorney live right now for free at theadvocates.com. A lot of breaking news today. It is a massive day of news. Uh, nez, real news, news, Fake nez. uh, Real news, uh, huge day in the NBA. Uh, obviously, this uh, breaking news story on uh, James Harden. Uh, James Harden has opted out. Um, or excuse me, I, sh- I should correct myself. James Harden um, has played his final game with the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, according to Adrian Wojnowski, Uh James Harden is picking up his $35.6 million player option, um, but only to facilitate a trade, um, which is why he is opting in. Um, Herb Jones... The Pelicans declined Herb Jones' $1.8 million team option to make him a restricted free agent. Josh Hart has opted in. Uh, Woj is reporting that uh, the Knicks uh, and LA Clippers should be two of the hottest suitors for James Harden. Um, Obviously, Jordan Clarkson with the Utah Jazz kind of shocked a lot of people. Notice there is zero reporting on Jordan Clarkson. Uh, We told you yesterday that Jordan was opting out of his deal. And then today, uh, one of the local beat reporters here in Salt Lake City reported that Jordan Clarkson opted in to his deal. So we have that story. Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, pissed off a bunch of people today um, because Brett Yormark uh, was on BYU Sports Nation today. And again, uh, with all due respect to BYU Sports Nation, boys, can we get a follow-up question? Uh, Can we get a redirect? Um, Brett Yormark went on BYU Sports Nation today. And I'm not going to say dropped a bomb, but I think he really surprised some people. Uh, when he said this about Big Twelve expansion, to me, I do think there's strength in numbers. But if we end up being at 12,
2: that's great. I'd like to stay at 14, even with the departures of Texas and Oklahoma. Candidly, we'll see if that's a possibility or not. Uh, but I love 12. Um, I, you know, I, I love the, the current makeup uh, moving forward. In fact, I'm thrilled with it. Um, we're not chasing a number. Again, it, whatever whatever happens has to truly create value for the conference, um, and and fit within those guiding principles with respect to how we're thinking about expansion. But it's not so much a number that we're thinking about. Um, It's really more about the fit. And uh, I think that's critically important.
1: Okay, so first of all, and I don't know what you guys think, Brett Yormark there did not say they're not expanding. And the initial reaction was, oh my God, Brett Yormark said they're not expanding. No Pac-12 team wants to go there. (laughs) (laughs) Which, first of all, I, I, and listen, I understand I'm just a hack on YouTube. We. 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 We, Thank you. We are just the hacks on YouTube. Right. What he said there was, we're good at 12 or 14. He specifically even talked about without Oklahoma and Texas, 12 or 14. Well, you're at 12, without uh, 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 as of Saturday, you're at 12 once Oklahoma and and Texas leave. You're at 10 now, you're adding four, you're losing two. Stay with me, that's 12. So if he were to add two more, and I have a hard time believing it's just two that he would wanna add, you're at 14. So he is openly talking about expansion Jacob, I'm misreading what Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, said.
0: No, and I, and I think this is the brilliance of Brett Yormark because he's saying everything he needs to say while saying nothing at all, really. I mean, what really has he said that's, like, shocking or breaking news there? And and I think this is the brilliance of Brett. He understands how to play the game. So So what did he say? He said, okay... Hey, we're we're good at twelve. I'd love to stay at fourteen, but I think our our conference and and basically the fit of the current member institutions is is on point. Uh, I, I I believe he said. In fact, I'm thrilled with where we're at at twelve. Uh, however, I do see that there is strength in numbers. Right, there's some value in having more numbers. So. We're not necessarily married to a number, so I'm not married to having 18 teams in this conference or 12 teams in this conference, but I am, you know, uh, married to, to looking at expansion based on fit in the Big 12 versus, hey, does adding this team or that team bring us to a certain number? And I think that's the perfect answer because it's the truth. It's what you are actually looking at. You would never just add UConn because you want an 18th team or a 10th team or whatever number. you would be at at that current time i mean that's just not how that's not the proper way to go about realignment or expansion so that's why i say it's it's not as simple as oh yeah well you know uh, bobby down there in arizona man he uh, he bobby. said he liked the big 12 so we should add him because we need to get to 15 teams. that's not how it works dude brett your mark in the conference are going to say okay hey it's colorado it's arizona it's gonzaga it's uh yukon how do they fit into our conference? That's the conversation.
1: Well, and what you see there is the comments by uh, Bobby Robbins, the president at uh, Arizona, said, but he uh, painted a nuanced picture of Arizona, citing the school's proximity to the Big 12 footprint and that league's powerhouse basketball brand as a basis for the now infamous some affinities. To Jake's point... I, I don't know why the initial reaction is this means they're not going to expand. I I think it's the exact opposite. Um, I hate 14 teams. Um, I think you need to add four. If if we're being honest, I think you need 16 teams. That's just my opinion. Um, I think very clearly uh, Arizona and Colorado are the two most likely there. But again, I, I, I will still maintain. I think we need to wait and see what the the upshot of this grant of rights negotiation that is currently going on in the Pac-12 is. Because again, as we've said for a couple of, of days now, we were told earlier this week, the Pac-12 presidents have the numbers. Uh, they have the TV deal. They are simply trying to come to an agreement that works for the 10 remaining teams. And I just don't know that they're going to be able to do that. I think... You know, listen, Brett Yormark is is in a position where he almost can't lose. Mm-hmm. I I think if the Pac-12 stays together, Brett Yormark's fine with that. I think he's going to add Gonzaga. Um, if the Pac-12 does not stay together, or if Arizona and Colorado want to join the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve, I think Brett Yormark's going to do that. What I what I don't think is going to happen, and I and again I could be wrong about this, and, and I'm sure that you guys will will let us know. I I I don't believe that that. They're going to stay at at twelve teams. I don't see that that is a, is even a possibility. Mm-hmm. I think if you are at twelve teams, you are going to die.
0: Well, and I think that that's the that's kind of the name of the game, the pursuit of reliability. And that was kind of the basis of the question he was asked: Hey, is there more reliability in more numbers? And 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 that's why I say it's the perfect answer because again. It's basically saying, yeah, we're interested in expansion, but we're not doing we're doing expansion for certain reasons and not other reasons. And I think and I think when like for the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is not looking at expansion because they, you know, want to look at certain fits and make sure that those puzzle pieces work into the Pac-12 puzzle. No, you lost Southern California, so you have a need, so you have to add a. Certain yeah, you have team. no choice. You don't but have a choice, dude. Right. So. But
1: but again, here we are sitting on top of this deadline for San Diego State. Yeah. Yep. The deadline's tomorrow. You know, like, and I, I if I am San Diego State. I, I, you're, I think they're in a perilous spot cause you're not going to get, I wouldn't assume uh, you're not going to get a PAC 12 TV deal tomorrow. Uh, I, I think it will not be until after the 4th of July now, which is amazing to say that out loud, <laughs> but I think that there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. And I think that San Diego state is in a perilous position. Because I don't know, can you stay in the Mountain West now? I don't know that the the Big 12 is going to add San Diego State. I don't see why they would. I don't know that the Pac-12 is in a position where they're going to be able to expand in the next calendar year. I I mean, you just don't know. There's so much up in the air until the Pac-12 shits or gets off the pot with their TV deal. Yeah. That it's it's as simple as that. And and I want to play this Brett Yormark bite again from BYU TV this morning, because one of the, the major questions here is, do you believe listening to this bite? Do you believe that Brett Yormark in this bite? Because, you know, all the Pac-12 mouthpieces were like, ha ha ha, I told you they're not expanding. Nobody wants to go there. Is, Brett, your saying that the Big 12 is not expanding? To me, I do
2: think there's strength in numbers. But if we end up being at 12, that's great. I'd like to stay at 14, even with the departures of Texas and Oklahoma, candidly. We'll see if that's a possibility or not. Uh, but I love 12. Um, I, you know, I, I love the, the current makeup uh, moving forward. In fact, I'm thrilled with it. Um, we're not chasing a number. Again, whatever whatever happens has to truly create value for the conference um, and and fit within those guiding principles with respect to how we're thinking about expansion. but it's not so much a number that we're thinking about. Um, we, we, it's really more about the fit, and um, I think that's critically important.
1: yeah, I, I don't I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know if 12 is better than 14 is better than 16, but I do know that the big 12 and Brett Yormark on BYU uh, TV did not say that he's not expanding.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's quite the opposite. He's quite literally telling you how they view expansion. So notice he didn't say, oh, well, yeah, we have a we have a document that says uh, you have to check X, Y, and Z boxes to fit in our... That's not what he said,
1: right? But why is it such a crime <laughs> for Brett Yormark to say, well, you know, academics matter and the Pac-12, like anytime anybody in the Pac-12 says academics matter, the world stops spinning and they're stupid Mm -hmm. Uh, because academics is a revenue stream, right? So the immediate lurch to, oh my God, the Pac-12 is arrogant. They're not, right? Your mark just told you the Pac-12 is exactly right. You have to have academic synergy, right? But the problem is, do Arizona and Colorado bring you academic synergy? Absolutely, because the big 12 is a conference that struggles with academics. yeah, And you're being weighted down, and it's not an indictment on, but you're being weighted down by a university like West Virginia, your East Coast enclave, that really struggles with their academic numbers. So Arizona and, and Colorado, two really good academic institutions, only help this conference if those are indeed the two. Gonzaga absolutely helps the Big 12 with Academics, I think it's academics are critically important in these conversations. Mm-hmm. And again, please don't lose your mind over it. I understand it, I get it. I totally get it. What I'm telling you is that you have a situation here where Brett Yormark absolutely positively and in no way, shape or form said that expansion won't be coming to the big 12. He simply said, is it 14 teams or is it 12 teams? I like 12, I like 14. We'll be at 12 if we can't find the right fit. Which I think, and much to uh, Jim Bagley, our newest member, Jim Bagley.
0: Let's Let's go, go. baby. Let's go, Jim.
1: Way to start off Thursday, Jim. Uh, Jim's point for $5 was any chance he said the smaller number is to create some urgency for the four corner schools. I think it is a shot over the bow, much to your point, Jake. Which Brett Yormark does not speak off the top of his head. No, never.
0: It's a clinical answer the way he said it.
1: I I totally agree. This is a calculated, well thought out. Because you knew, you knew. We've been asking for Brett Yormark for a very long time on this show. And we've been told, well, you know, he's not doing media. He's got this going on. He's got that going on. Now he's doing media with some of the branded content partners of universities that are coming into the conference. Which you would expect. And you know, he was prepared for the answer to that question.
2: <laughs> Excellent strategy, sir.
1: That is not off the top of his head. I think he sent, I I agree, Jim. I think he sent a message to some people which is to say, "Hey, if you want to be here, we're open to expansion, but it's not going to be 10 teams. Yeah. It's not going to be. I, I, I think what he said right there was it's not going to be six teams, which is what we've been telling you. I don't believe unless it is a catastrophe, the, the new media rights deal in the Pac-12, unless it is, you know, $15 million. Man. Then everybody's out. But if it's $25 million, I think you're you're, you're simply going to lose – I truly believe from what I've heard and everything that we've seen, Colorado and Arizona are the two most likely. I know that's not earth-shattering. I think you'll lose those two. Right. What does that do for the conference? Puts him at 14. Yeah. I think that's what he was doing. Hey, we're open to 14. Because I don't think he wants to be at 16. I also think that, that I wish they had asked him a little more in depth about the basketball, the business of basketball side and – I also think he is not worried about making sure he's got a nice round number in the conference. No. I think that Brett, your mark is – I don't have any doubt that once this this Pac-12 TV deal, media rights deal gets settled, Gonzaga is go- going to be one of the first major dominoes to fall. I think they'll be one of the, the, the first big headlines. I like Gonzaga. And I think that when you look at Arizona and Colorado – I have no problem with with him adding a basketball-only member or...
0: Well, but I I, I think, you know, also in these comments, though, you have to understand when you talk about fit, what is the the Big 12 known for? Well, they're known for being a a heavy hitter in basketball, too. And so that's where my concern comes in for Utah Fan or, you know, any of these programs in the Pac-12 that are struggling on the basketball floor because... Again like yeah uh, most of the Pac-12 schools are very strong academically that's yeah. that's kind of a, a general or a generalization of the programs in the conference but I think you know when you look at you know some of the comments he's made about valuing basketball or like making basketball its own entity like byu sports nation to your point wouldn't ask him a follow-up question which is why we didn't clip it but you know they they asked him a canned ass question about hey would you ever consider you know a situation where you'd have a, a basketball combine for the nba and of course brett said you know hey if it works out or whatever if, if it makes know. sense yeah if it makes sense like what else is he going to say like they but they didn't specifically ask, hey, how much does basketball matter when it comes to expansion? Because my opinion is basketball is a massive portion of expansion if you're Brett Yormark. You are not. We're talking about
1: Arizona yeah. with all due respect to Jed Fish and his comments yesterday. Yeah. Arizona's a basketball powerhouse. Yeah. And when you look at Arizona, if the in you know, this goes back to the conversation of what can the Pac twelve afford to lose or not lose. Mm-hmm. If you lose Arizona, what are you going to do about college basketball? Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's rough on the Pac-12. Arizona would be a – I think it would really, really be very difficult to lose Arizona in a basketball conversation. Man, then I think you have no choice but to add San Diego State. Um, and you may well have no choice but to add San Diego State anyway. They've they've as much said that they're going to be added to the conference. so yeah. yeah. But if you lose, if you lose Arizona basketball on top of UCLA basketball, I mean, you just got crushed in basketball.
0: Yeah, and that's why I say, like, I, I understand that San Diego State had a strong showing this year in basketball, but I think, you know, there are a lot of caveats with that. And again, I, I don't mean to make it personal with San Diego State fans at all. I, I just think if you're looking at expansion, like, you have to be honest about the situation. I, it, like, you have to be honest and say, Hey, well, okay. If you put San Diego State in the Pac-12, there, I, I think San Diego State would be fine in the Pac-12 on the basketball floor. I, they wouldn't have any issues. But I think in the Big Twelve, I mean, you're you're swimming in deep waters, bro. Deep I mean, th- those some of the programs in the Big Twelve in basketball are just absolutely behemoths. So that's why I say, like, I just I just think it's a different a different thing, and that's why I think San Diego State, going off of what Brett said today in this interview. San Diego State, to me, is not a perfect fit. They're not like a great fit. Could it work? Yes. But, but is it a great fit? No, not necessarily.
1: I agree. Cleveland Rocks gives us $20 to say, a contribution for your new backdrop. Have, a, happy, have a safe fourth. Go Browns. And hey, did go we talk Browns. about the backdrop? I don't think we did. I don't don't Uh, think we, I don't don't know that we did, man. Um, All right, let's get get your comments in here. By the way, by the way, thank you so much for supporting the show. This week has been um, one of the top five biggest weeks in the history of the show. We really appreciate you guys being here. Remember, we will be live tomorrow, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, tomorrow, we will do three hours from 8 to 11 uh, Pacific time. So make sure that you stick around for that. Tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern time, right here on the Monty Show, uh, our last show of June. Yeah. June, you guys, June is over. Yes, it and is. And I'm telling you, June flew by. What a great month. And let's power up July with some buckshot. Right? We tell you about it every day. Played 18 holes this morning of terrible golf, and why did I play poorly? Okay, you uh, did not play poorly. I did. Uh, why did I play mediocre golf? I did not have buckshot. I forgot my buckshot, and what happened on like 14, 15, 16, 17? Fell apart on 17 and 18 because I didn't have my buckshot.
0: Mid. It's very casual. Yeah, very it's a bad casual. thing.
1: Don't forget it. Uh, because it makes that much of a difference. And I will tell you that when I golf without buckshot, I absolutely feel it because buckshot isn't something that's going to give you a bunch of energy right away. And then you crash like all the competitors that are full of sugar. No, no. It's only 100 milligrams of caffeine, but it's got quality ingredients that lift your mental. It gives you a kick mentally and you feel clearer, you feel more energetic. And that's what I miss in my golf game. You know, I have these awesome PXG clubs. And when I am off mentally, I'm wasting a beautiful piece of equipment, right? Mm -hmm. So when I am up at Canyons on Saturday morning at 7 a.m. on that first tee box, you're darn right. I am going to have Buckshot with me. I am going to have Miami Bucked Up, zero sugar, great lift. I am going to have the Buck Bars. And you guys, again, these bars, people are absolutely raving about the brand new Buck Bar from Bucked Up. Go get them. We wanna give you a free sampler pack. They're in the description below. I'm telling you the best part about Buck Bars from Bucked Up. They are the ultimate guilt-free treat because they taste like a candy bar because they use things like Date. Uh, dates to sweeten their bars so that you're not getting confection added sugar all over the place whey protein isolate The best kind of whey protein whey protein isolate It's reliable energy with reliable nutrition from good Ingredients and we want to give you a free sampler pack in the description below click the link for free They'll send them right to your front tour bucked up the official energy provider of the Monty show Let's see. Look at you guys contributing. Really appreciate that. Just a rowdy dude from South Carolina. Go Cox. Um, sorry, I, I shouldn't have said. I, cock. Okay, let's move it's on. Uh, this indicates to me that he foresees an ACC implosion and would love to add schools like Duke, Georgia Tech, and Virginia Tech and Pitt once it happens. I, I mean, certainly that could be. I mean, I, I personally do not see an ACC implosion. And I think one of the things that we have to remember, and you know, Rowdy, I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I think one of the things you have to remember about the Big 12 is if it's available to you now, it'll be available to you down the road. Yeah, if a, if a yeah. year from now or two years from now, North Carolina called Brett Yormark and said, we want to join the Big 12, he would, he would be like, yo, bro, I'm going to fax over the paperwork right now. <laughs> Right, like he would zip them a file today. Hey, guys. Right, so if you're Duke or North Carolina or, you know, I, I mean, I think the Virginian schools are incredibly valuable. Uh, obviously, Clemson and Florida State are SEC schools. Let's not even joke. Let's, yeah. n- there's nothing to talk about. But I think when you look at the ACC, that membership is so valuable and they're struggling under the weight of this grant of rights. And I, I think you're going to have to get, I don't remember the exact number. It's like, you know, a TV guy was telling me it's three quarters of the conference would fully have to support busting that grant of rights. And I just don't see a way you're ever going to get there, yeah. especially with the arrogance and the bully tactics of Florida State. I think it makes it very difficult. Earned or responsible or whatever you want to say about Florida State, they are, they're talking about how they deserve far more revenue than anybody else. And, you know, like just flipping a bird to Miami, flipping a bird to Duke and Carolina. Like, I, I I think the the partnerships in the ACC are as much of a problem as the the grant to rights. Honest to goodness. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Smith, what's up, Stephen? Good to see you. Appreciate the twenty dollars. I just watched the BY interview with Brett Yormark. While I was listening, I was getting some goosebumps on what Yormark wanted to do. I trust him completely to do what needs to be done. For the conference to be successful. Oh, I don't think there's any
0: doubt about that. Oh, and isn't that the biggest difference between George and Brett? I but mean, again, and I know we disagree on this. I know he was given the conference on a silver platter. Uh, well, I but know. I also
1: think Brett, your mark is in a completely different situation. George Kliavkok was handed a burning bag of shit on his front porch, and they're like, hey, let's turn, hey, man, you got to polish this fired turd over here, man, and make a million dollars out of it. Like, that's what he was given. He's losing USC and UCLA, so he's losing arguably his, his his best football property, and I don't even know if it's arguable. You're losing your second best basketball property because I still think Arizona's better than UCLA in basketball. You're losing a, two really foundational pieces of your conference. You don't have a TV deal. You probably don't have the, you probably don't have the needed recipe to get a TV deal that will keep the conference together. And on top of that, you're probably losing Arizona and Colorado. Like he, Brett Yormark has had a year to just not even walk away from the, the Pac-12, to sprint away from the Pac-12 in business dealings. To to whether it's the combine or Mexico or Rucker or all of these things like adding a commercial division and you know talking about you know uh, money making like having a year head start to build a basketball brand because again I would tell you the Big Twelve is not competing with the SEC or the Big Ten let's be really honest about this you're not on that level you're competing with the ACC and the Pac twelve. You're competing with the, 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 the lower tier of P5 conferences. I mean, that, that's the God's honest truth. And I don't know that there's much of an argument. The big Because of the money they make and the swagger that they bring to the table, the Big Ten and the SEC are the top two conferences in college sports. Does that mean they're the best football conference? No. The best basketball conference? No. But when we're talking about business and dealings and operations – the Big 12 is competing with the Pac-12 and the ACC. Yeah,
0: and, and you know, my honest opinion is that it's it's kind of this weird thing because of everything Brett's done so far. I almost feel like the Big 12 finds itself on its own sort of tier right now. Like, the ACC is kind of a mess. The Pac-12 is the Pac-12. Like, I agree. Those three compete with each other, but it's almost like this thing where it's like, hey, SEC, Big 10, Big Big 12 under those two, and then ACC and Pac-12 figuring out how their conferences are going to implode. Exactly right. And and that's what I think is so interesting. And, and I don't even disagree. You know, Brett was handed a much better situation. That's not arguable. But but what I disagree with is that George, you know, George had no way of preventing the SC departure. I no do way. Think, but, but I do think a better businessman, a better negotiator, a better operator... I do think there could have been opportunity to prevent the backstabbing. Well, cause,
1: for certainly, like, Kliavkoc has said some really stupid shit.
0: Like he is, he is, yeah. he is
1: put some holes in his own foot with his shotgun. There, there's. I mean,
0: you did nothing to incentivize Carroll at USC not to backstab you. I guess is my point. Like you didn't do anything to be like. Hey, yeah, Carol. By the way, we've got X, Y, and Z. Like we're attractive too. Basically, everything you handed her was like, yeah, we suck here, here, and here. Hey, the Big Ten wants but you to go think, ahead and ship it I out. I think
1: that bed was made with with Larry Scott. Yeah. I, I, I truly, I do. Yeah. I yeah. think there was so much the the Pac twelve has, has done some really dumb things. Actually, the envelope calculations. The the certainly the most ardent of Pac twelve supporter has to agree. And I am probably that. I am probably the most arduous Pac-12 supporter. Wait,
0: I thought you were a big Big 12 guy. Big Truck 12, 12 ain't conference. We get right, we flyover stuff. Yeah,
1: I'm I, a man. I'm just telling you, the Pac-12 can still be an elite conference. Yeah. But you just have to find a, a way to live another day. And the biggest question I have is, how serious is is Brett Yormark about crippling the Pac-12? because if we're at 14 in the in the Big 12, the Pac-12 is going to be here for another decade minimum. I'm the real. Minimum. Yeah. They will get another TV deal the next cycle around. They will probably add teams and expand.
0: Well, I think that that point is very relevant right now. Hey, this this media deal right now not going to be 10 years, dude. This no. media deal right now is going five to be 5 years maximum. 5 years tops, yeah. yeah and you have I have to be.
1: And and the, the there's risk here, right? But if Brett Yormark wants to put an end to the Pac-12. Yeah. He could do that. He could absolutely do that. But I don't think he wants to be that guy, and and justifiably so. This is the Big Ten conversation. The Big Ten doesn't want to be seen as, you know, the the Frankenstein walking in and just stepping on top of Cleofcock's face. Like, I think there's decorum. I think there are ethics, and I think guys that operate at Brett Yormark's level care about ethics and decorum. Yeah. And I think... If you want to be in the in the Big 12, I think there are spots available. I think they need to get to 16, and I think they need 16 because I think that does far more damage to the Pac-12 because you don't want to make the same mistake that the Pac-12 made with the Big with the Big 12 because you probably, if, if Carol fault at USC hadn't signed paperwork behind your back, allegedly with think the Big isn't 10. Would they have called Oklahoma State or Texas Tech or... Somebody. Would they have tried to pull teams out of the Big 12? I think, of course, they would have. That's what the whole meeting was about when she was like, nah, we don't need to do that. Right? That's what the whole thing was about. In all all seriousness.
0: I also think, though, what's really interesting on the flip side, the counter-argument to the Big 10 poaching Big 12 teams, I think the Big 10 was so hot to trot after USC because it's the Pacific time zone and they didn't have it. That's why I think they were so hot to trot. You it's, know? Like, it's a business. Yeah. It's yeah, a business. Dude.
1: As personal as fans make it, these guys don't care about your fandom. They care about business. And guys like Kevin Warren and, you know, when he was talking to USC and UCLA, they saw an opportunity to expand and make more money because it, it helped their TV partners because it gave them reach. Yeah. And as I'll say until I'm blue in the face, Reach makes you money.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. Kevin Warren
1: understands that. So get the reach, and the money will follow. Yeah, and that's the question about Brett Yormark. And yes. I know he knows that he's an entertainment guy. I'm looking forward to talking to him uh, at Big 12 Media Days. Uh, don't forget, we'll be live in Dallas coming up on July 12th and 13th at AT&T Stadium. Thanks to our friends at BladeHQ.com go there right now bladehq.com tell them you heard about it on the Monty show you guys the best knives from the best knife makers and their outdoor equipment everything you need and certainly anything with a blade anything you need anything you want bladehq.com their customer service is second to none having interacted with their staff having talked to you know their founder mark they're a good local company here in utah and I'm telling you, Blade HQ has everything that you need. If you're an outdoorsman, if you're somebody that has an affinity, a certain, affinity, certain affinities uh, for blades and knives, you got to get to bladehq.com. Yes, A yes, great yes. company. Go check them out. Tell them you heard about it. On the Monty Show, they are our presenting sponsor for Big 12 Football Media Days, July 12th and 13th live in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Steve gives us 20 more dollars. Thank you. Your mark even said that if the conference and the team say, uh, stay true to themselves, they will succeed in whatever they do and want to double down on making sure basketball conference, the number one conference in basketball.
0: Okay, Do we still have the clip about him talking about monetizing basketball? Because I, I really feel like this was, if you, if you want to talk about things that Brett Yormark has said that, kind of rock the boat in terms of hey people are paying attention now people are like hey dude understands how to make money when he's talking about hey we need to monetize basketball yeah i think george Kleavkov, you know paid attention
2: we'll explore opportunities to further monetize basketball when we go back into the market after this new tv deal so i think everything we do from now till then is all about value creation and how can we position ourselves to monetize basketball in all the right ways? I'm convinced we can do that. Um, the strength of our conference obviously will dictate much of that and as I said earlier with Houston coming in we get that much stronger and who knows where expansion takes us and what that means for our, you know our, our basketball program both men's and women so
1: Yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah, nail on the head, man. I mean, is and as you guys hit the like button right here on YouTube, please it helps the uh, channel grow. Please, by the way, we are very close to nineteen thousand subscribers, so please hit the like button. Tell a friend, uh, bring them along for the ride. Asking for a friend. Um, Yeah, asking for asking for a friend. Uh, (laughs) Absolutely right. Um, (laughs) You know, Um, but as you hit the like button, consider the fact that. The college basketball landscape has changed so much. Right, the Big Twelve's been kind of a pioneer in in revolutionizing that, and you're seeing other conferences fall in line with that now. I think his comments on Kansas City. I think his comments on Mexico, um, the business model at Rucker Park, doing the clinics and the structure that we've seen out of that, like. That is the future. I think it's why you're what you always say about the SEC really coming up in basketball. Yeah, the SEC really I mean, building a basketball. Did
0: that? Like all of a sudden, Alabama's like really good yes. In basketball.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Scandals aside.
1: Yeah, Cyclone Steve gives us two dollars to say: Is the new Pac deal going to have an exit fee? Certainly. Yes. There's no question about it. The the question is: As our friend up in Portland on the radio <laughs> was talking the other day about SMU paying seventy million dollars. <laughs> to join the conference. Like, it, it, I don't know that anybody believes that. Right. I, I truly don't, with all due respect. Right. I don't think anybody believes that. But I'm curious now with, with the future of expansion. And, and I, I wonder your thoughts on this. Is, a, is an entry fee simply paid by taking less revenue early in your time in the conference? Is is that what the modern era of, hey, pay us $70 million, SMU, which I don't believe is true, but hey, pay us X amount of dollars, you can join the conference. I think it is, hey, take a 35% revenue share and five years down the road, you'll be at 100%. Or, you know uh, uh, again, a guy very high up in the Pac-12 was telling me, hey, the thing that they've talked to San Diego State about and proposed to San Diego State was, hey, go to the final four and we'll put you at 75 percent hey win an ncaa championship and we'll put you at hundred percent like these performance incentives to earn your way to merit base your revenue in the pac-12 that makes a lot of sense to me because who's paying for san diego state and listen adela de La torre the president of san diego state going on and on about how it's the pro rata we deserve even though that's not a real thing. Don't like, lie to me. It is factual, and I don't think anybody can argue. You are worth the value you bring to the conference, especially in the Pac-12, when we're looking at situations in Cal, and you're looking at situations at Washington State, where you are trying to find two nickels to rub together, paid for chin straps for football season. Best. You've got to be able to make money on your next entrance, San Diego State. Yeah. Now I don't believe for a second that their boosters are going to pay 70 million dollars to join the conference. I think that is a bunch of bullshit. But what I am telling you is, I can see a situation where San Diego State, who makes four million dollars a year right now in the Mountain West, is like, oh sure, we'll take 10 million dollars for the first two years, and if we go to the NCAA tournament, we get you know we get to 50 percent, like. I could absolutely see merit based. Hey, if you win a national championship, great. If you go to the college football playoff or a New Year's Six Bowl or absolutely bump them up in percentage. But the idea that you can just welcome in a San Diego State at 100%, I think that's absolute fairy dust. I don't see any way that 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 that
0: can happen. Man, don't forget SMU makes 7mil right now. You know, they're making 7mil. It's, it's so to like me. that's why I say okay, cool. Maybe you do have oil tycoons that are boosters in your program. But but again, I still have a lot of trouble with the concept of, hey, you want to drop 70, and actually the number would be 50 based on what we know. But let's just say it's 70. You want to drop 70 mil to make nothing back? I, I just don't for see how years, that makes For two years, for two
1: calendar years. Yeah, The I idea, mean, and again, what we're talking about is our friend up in the Northwest, the Pac-12 mouthpiece, said the other day on, on the Pac-12 podcast, hey, uh, you know, SMU uh, has boosters who are going to pay $70 million so that SMU <clears throat> can join the Pac-12. <clears throat> That's never going to happen. No. But the idea that you would, because in that situation, remember, you're leaving the AAC, which you have not even been competitive in. SMU has never competed as an elite team in the in the AAC. Yeah. So now you're going to pay 70 million to get your ass handed to you in the Pac12. Um cuz you will get your
0: ass handed to
1: you in the Pac12. Oh, well,
0: very clearly this conversation was never based on on-field or on-court performance. I mean, it's just it's just not. It's it's based in hey, we need to expand an SMU i guess is an attractive but fit they,
1: they deliver dallas
0: i guess they is have that a the, real
1: question they have the biggest alumni base in dallas texas you know
0: yeah apparently the biggest the biggest donor base the biggest fan but whatever dude whatever story you want to tell yourself but but like
1: but you know. if you leave the aac that means you're not going to get money that year you paid 70 million and now you're going to come into the pac-12 at 35 percent you're talking about years of losing money. Yeah,
0: 35%, and you're hoping for some brownie points for bailing the conference out now. of its mistaken accounting with Comcast.
1: Come on now. That's ridiculous. Uh, Rowdy uh, gives us $10 to say Clemson isn't hurting for cash. Oh, certainly In not. God's
3: name, image, and likeness.
1: The money that Clemson generates, the mo- Dabo, and I think most people know this, Dabo is one of the most prolific fundraisers in all of college athletics. We built this program on NIL. He is unbelievable. We really did. When it comes to fundraising, boosters, corporate sponsors, the only one better than him, uh, and I'm not even bloviating, the only fundraiser that I've seen who is more prolific than Dabo is Nick Saban.
0: Nick Saban is a better man
1: than you are. And Saban walks into a room and all of a sudden people start pulling out money clips. It's
0: because right time. Your yeah, dancing in the living room and dude, everyone's like, hey, how much money can we give you, bro?
1: But I think that Nick Saban dancing clip in the living Come room on, bro. is a is a really good example. This is Nick Saban. This is a true video. That's Nick fucking Saban right there doing the electric slide in a recruits living room. I, He's in a recruit's living room dancing with his grandmother for crying out loud. No, so Anyway, Dabo Sweeney is one of the most prolific fundraisers in the entire industry. Yeah. Clemson's not hurting for money. Yeah. Um, we have a, a thing called the IPTAY that fans have to pay into every year to buy football tickets. It generates like 40 million a year. We offense or nuclear codes, bro? But this is what most universities have. Um, I can tell you Notre Dame's got it. Utah absolutely has it. I can tell you SC and UCLA have it where you have to pay into, um, you know, like it, at Utah, it's the Crimson Club. Yeah, You have to buy into the Crimson Club and it's, it's you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars just for the right to buy season tickets.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, uh, what was it? Uh, I think it might have been Colorado. I can't remember who it was. The report that came out, I think last week about how You know, a certain stadium held 68,000 seats and the season ticket holders to the public were sold out in addition to 20,000. Colorado
1: sold out every single available ticket for the upcoming season.
0: Including standing room.
1: Their their,
0: uh,
1: high-tier ticket pricing, which is the clubs, uh, all of their season tickets, all of their game day tickets all of their, every, t- there is not a ticket available for purchase at the box office. You're going to have to buy them through secondary markets. And it's, there is Wild. a, it, it, but there's a ton of schools doing that. Yeah. USC's another one yeah. that is absolutely dominating. So yeah, I, I, I don't know where we, if we, we never said Clemson was hurting for money. I want to make that very clear. No, I
0: think, I've, I think a lot of people are wondering how the premier brands in the ACC are doing given the ACC's current predicament.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. Um, let's see. Laura Weiss says Joey climbed a crane. Larry Pilgrim. When you have Colorado, Arizona, and Kansas football in your conference, insulting SMU is a rather rather hypocrisy. Uh,
0: what, I, what do you mean?
1: I would also not be insulting Kansas. And by the way, SMU. Nobody's insulting SMU, and. Colorado, Arizona, and Kansas are not in the same conference, Larry, with all due respect. Arizona's in the Pac-12, Colorado uh, is in the Pac-12, and Kansas is in the Big 12. So I don't know where the idea that those three are in the same conference are from. And nobody's insulting SMU. It's fact. They have not competed in the AAC. Not one time have they been like the juggernaut of the AAC. Yeah, They've had one year in the last 10 so my point is SMU's. L- let me get this right. You're going to pay $70 million, allegedly, according to Mr. Radio Guy in the Pacific Northwest. You're going to pay $70 million to join the Pac-12, which is, I think, the second best, arguably the second best football conference in the country last year. Yeah. You're going to pay $70 million? I do believe that your football players will be permanently disfigured playing football in the Pac-12.
0: So I
3: said,
1: yeah. You haven't been able to compete in the AAC. Yeah. And the idea that you're going to roll into Autzen, that you're going to roll into the Coliseum, that you're going to roll into Rice Eccles up Reaser. in Salt Lake City, Reese, fucking right, Reser in, in Oregon. Do you, do you really think that you're going to Corvallis, SMU is gonna to go to Corvallis dude. and win a game. No. In the next five
0: years. So I'm saying Let's, it's not about football. It's just not. It's it, not SMU dude. is not about on field or on court performance. And if you're taking that personally, man, like Larry, I, I love you, bro, but if you're taking that personally, that's that's a you problem with all due respect. Like SMU just is not <laughs> you know, and it, it's not controversial to say SMU no. is not a power five program. No, look at the WAP, Domer WOP.
1: Fantasy Island is uh, suited uh, is uh, suited for Klyovkov. Da Plain! Da you remember little dude on Fantasy Island? Oh, that show! I always get I always get a little misty talking. About Who the 70s f- is 80s that guy? Uh, Mrs. Monty and I watching Emergency last night. Mm, good show. Uh, MJ Bassett, delusional SMU fans are on North Texas fan boards boasting about what they are going to do with NIL in the Pac-12. But according to Mr. Radio Wizard up there in the Northwest, they already have the second biggest <laughs> collective in the Pac-12. Which
0: I thought your best point yesterday when we were talking about that is, bro, if SMU's collective is the second biggest in the Pac-12 allegedly, that's embarrassing for the Pac-12, bro. That and, is- And by the dude. way,
1: you have a massive collective? What the fuck is it doing? Cause you're not Nothing. winning games.
0: Nothing, you're not winning dude. games.
1: You, because
0: it's garbage. Hello? Oh, hang on, no, let's
1: see. I, 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 $70 million, thank you, thank you. Radio Wizard, you can come in. $70 million to join the conference, The what would be the second largest collective in the Pac-12, and you can't win G5 games. Um. What good is I don't, it? I don't know, I, I, I don't know if- uh, What good know, is it? I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Um, <laughs> And this is not insulting of SMU. I'm am asking SMU fans. You have all this money. Oh, we got oil guys and drilling guys. We got pipe and drape dudes. I mean, it's amazing. Like the trade schools in this conference, holy shit! You have this huge collective and all of this money. Do you have a talent evaluation? Because where is um, um? What's um, it kidding you? Cool. SMU has beautiful uniforms. Beautiful uniforms. You know. Somebody help me.
0: I have to admit putting SMU on thumbnails is a very beautiful proposition.
1: <laughs> it is amazing to me. It's, it's amazing to me. And again, again, you're listening to a guy in the Pacific Northwest and believing everything he says, these, this is the same dude who put George Kleofkoff on his podcast with with John Wilner and allowed him to savagely lie, in my opinion, about UCLA. Back of the envelope calculations. Man, our back of the envelope conversations say that, you know, nobody, not a single fan of USC and UCLA, want them to go to the Big Ten. Bro, what are you talking about, man? So naturally, because when you say stupid shit, Somebody actually commissioned a study and did a poll <laughs> of USC and UCLA fans who were like, "Hell oh, yes, we wanna go. Let's go. Let's- oh, dude, and- I believe
0: the question was, if memory serves, do you believe, or do you agree that UCLA should be in the same conference as USC? Yeah, one question, second question. Should that conference be the Big 10?
1: Yes, and fuck yes, I believe was. <laughs> Right, like what? This isn't even a conversation, man. Yeah, it's yeah. not even a conversation. Yeah, and so I, it, like, Pac-12. I, I, this is the hard part for me. I love that conference, Pac-10. But the thank you, Coach Fish. But the the delusion, <laughs> the delusion of SMU is going to pay seventy million dollars to just. They're going to pay seventy million dollars to get into the Pac-12. No. And then you are going to take, and you guys in the comments section, tell me if I'm wrong, who in their right mind is going to give SMU 100%? Hell no. Is Oregon going to vote to give? Is Washington going to vote to give? Hell no. Is Stanford, Cal, Utah, no. the Hell Arizona no. schools? Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> who's going to vote to give them? Who's going to vote to give them 100%?
0: Nobody, bro. It makes
1: Nobody. zero sense. Zero sense. Saul Goodman says, excuse me. No, excuse you. Sir, Um, Mr. Monkey says, there's a school called SMU. There is, but the thing is- Don't you know who I am? Yeah, it's not a terrible school. It's not a bad school. It's SMU's a great university, good fan base. Program. But there's a couple of things you have to recognize if you're an SMU fan. You do not deliver the Dallas Metroplex. You don't. You do not. You don't get- Yeah. They're trying to say that SMU into the Pac-12 gives them seven and a half million more viewers. I don't know how to hear about that. They don't. Because, again, I'm just asking you, how many people in Dallas are going to turn off TCU or Texas or Baylor or Texas Tech, who nobody wants to give credit to, how many people are going to turn off Texas Tech versus anybody in the Big 12 to watch SMU get curb stomped by Oregon State? Curb stomped by ASU. Too bad. Who's the worst football team in the Pac-12? Stanford. Curb stomped by Stanford. Like, who's going to do that? Do you, you really think somebody in Dallas is going to turn off Texas, Alabama, to watch SMU get destroyed by Utah? No. Like, there are not enough ambulances in Salt Lake City to service that game. Yeah, because I'm telling you, Utah is going to truck SMU.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I really, the, the those are the two issues with that take. Like, okay, they're going to pay to get no money in return. And by the way, from the Pac 12 side of it, why is SMU attractive? Because I don't, I, I agree with you. People are not turning on the tube uh, or turning off the tube to watch SMU, if you will. That's the problem.
1: Well, and we, again, we believe it or not, and I know you'll think this is crazy, Texas has taken over as our number one market. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles now is number two. So, all of my Texans tell me that you're going to watch SMU get, get, or Oregon SMU. You're going to watch Oregon SMU over Texas and anybody in the SC. Texas, Georgia. 250,000
0: Texans a month watch this program. Can I get a couple of Texans in the comment section talking to me about SMU? Yeah. Uh, Tanner Plummer. I
1: hereby declare the Kanzano shall forever be known as Mr. Radio Wizard. Yeah. Uh, Provo Cougar fan Jordan and BYU was forced to play with their practice squad QB. Okay, okay. OG Gary, Gary, how the heck are you? SMU will get piped in any P5 easy sixty to three win. And that's the other thing. How I dare think, you. That's the other thing I think people don't understand. Like when you're a you're a G5 football and anybody who knows recruiting knows this. Yeah. When you're a G5 program, you there are just simply high schools you cannot call. You cannot walk into certain, like SMU can't go recruit at modern day in Los Angeles, Orange Mm -hmm. County. You're not going to Westlake to recruit their quarterback. You're not going to Ohio to try and pull offensive linemen, right? You're not not doing that. So now all of a sudden you get into the Pac-12, now you gotta go like form relationships. And look at, I'll use Utah, because they're one of the last schools into the Pac-12 recently. Look at the Dennis Erickson hire at Utah all those years ago. Why was Dennis Erickson such an important hire at Utah? Well, because he created a pipeline to Florida. Who do you know, sir? Yeah, he created a pipeline to Florida, which has gotten them several significant contributors on that roster. That's right, And if you look at Los Angeles and you start, like, you're hiring guys now, like, and and to Kyle Whittingham's credit, he used his relationship network. And he brought in a bunch of dudes who exponentially grew his reach.
0: Lincoln Riley. Right?
1: Like you look at Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley can walk into any high school. He can walk into any college, juco, anybody's house, and be like, hey, why don't you come play football for us? Like it's just assume the starting quarterback at modern day is getting an offer from USC. Yep, He's getting an offer from USC. What's up, motherfuckers? Right? Like <laughs> you're, just, you're just assuming that. What does SMU say to a quarterback at Mater Day? Hey, we're in the Pac-12. <laughs> good, no, good. I'm good. I'm going to go play in the Big Ten. That's what they say. Yeah, That's yeah. what they say, right? It just, it just is, man. And it's not, I mean, no disrespect to SMU. Uh, Gary Goderoff, can I update myself on the show when in the hospital? I want to make sure it's okay. You, what, are you well, in the hospital cool. again?
0: Yeah, Gary Barrel, let's hear it, dude. What do you got, bro? What's going on?
1: Yeah, what's up, bro? Tom Dean, how are you? Computer rankings at the end of last year, Kansas 56, SMU 59, Arizona 68, San Diego State 91, and Colorado 143.
0: Rankings in terms of what, though? Is that is that education? Is that... Colorado 143. Yeah, I mean football. Are, I'm assuming that's. football. It has to be football, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's football you know, for yeah. sure.
1: Jeez, uh, Larry Pilgrim for two dollars. I was responding to people in the chat, not you. Okay, good. Kelsey Hamer, appreciate the two dollars. Kelsey, thanks for the fiver. This just in: SMU is now offering handies at home <laughs> games. Hiscock.
0: Hiscock. Hiscock. Wow,
1: Handies oh, at Home Games on a, two, on a two for one to pay Bro. back the oil companies who loan sparked them the money. Bro, <laughs> here and, I am. All right, uh, here at SMU, we'd like to, uh, it, uh, all the boosters in the room, okay, cool. Hey, oil guy, we're gonna need you up front. Uh, hey, we wanna introduce our new program for boosters. It's called Handies at
0: Home Games. <laughs> He has a nice ring to it. Hey, get this one. Comes off the tongue real nice. Yeah, speaking of all, coming off the tongue, here's Sheila. Um, She's it's our golly.
1: new intern. She's, she's handling the sign-ups. For the dick and me. Handies at home games.
0: Nice. No, was that? Yeah, Kelsey? Nice. Who nice. paid us $5 to say that. Very nice. Uh,
1: Rowdy, Kansas football sells tickets at Ross Dress for Less when you are in line for the register in between the pirouettes and chocolates. Uh, okay. For 399. OK? Okay. Hey man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Kansas is going to have another good year, and then, what are you going to say? What are you going to Because Baylor and Kansas are, I think, are two teams that are going to be significantly better. My only question is, how good is Oklahoma State going to be? Because I can't see a massive change on that roster. I don't see a, a massive man. change on that roster.
0: Yeah,
1: I do not, And it's concerning because I think Mike Gundy needs to step up. That conference, the Big 12 needs Oklahoma State desperately. And something's just a little amiss there. Maybe he's talked about Oklahoma too much, maybe Because it's garbage. Maybe he's talked about Bethlehem too much, I don't know. But come on now. Come on now. Let's go. Right, yeah. Th- that's that's what might, we need. Might get and, going here. and I don't, I don't know how you fix it. My guess would be you just throw a couple of calzones down and still water. At
3: Papa Murphy's. We do more than just pizza.
0: We
2: do calzones.
0: Papa Murphy's does calzones? Oh, I think you mean I do the calzones. And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Well, we do it with fresh
3: ingredients and hand shredded cheese tucked in a scratch made dough. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. You
2: don't forget the calzones.
3: Order now at papamurphys.com.
1: Papa Murphy's Pizza, the official pizza of the Monty show. Download the Papa Murphy's app. It's super easy to use. By the way, use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. The calzones are amazing. Mom. I'm telling you. Calzone. Marinara meatball. Cook the calzone, pour the marinara meatball on top, put it in the air fryer with a real mozzarella.
0: Mozzarella.
1: You put that mozzarella. Where's the of Italian? It. Forget it. I'm telling you. And if you happen to have some fresh milled oregano that you can, it's amazing. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Uh, download the mobile app. Make sure you hook it up. Make sure you tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show. We appreciate you guys always supporting. Uh, Our sponsors on this show, uh, including our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. And I love The Advocates because you never have to pay them a penny. See, because they don't charge a consultation fee. They don't charge a retainer. You don't pay The Advocates unless and until they win your case at theadvocates.com. Or you can chat with an injury attorney right now online for free. Utah theadvocates.com. hook it up tell me you heard about it on the Monty show the advocates remind you to please be safe this weekend I know there's a lot of partying going on a lot of people are off of work tomorrow because the fourth is on Tuesday which is weird because a lot of people I also know are working on Monday which is weird how are you going to see the fireworks drone shows Did you guys see that that they're not doing fireworks around the country now like a lot of cities have gone to drone light shows Okay. I don't know how y'all feel about that, but it is what it is. Yeah. Alema Harrington coming up in 15 minutes to talk uh, NBA and Utah Jazz Basketball. Um, if you're just tuning into the show, all the biggest stories are on the bottom line ticker there for you, including James Harden opting in to his contract in Philadelphia. Uh, James Harden, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Is in for 35.6, but only to facilitate a trade. James Harden has played his last game for the Philadelphia 76ers. And not to say we told you so, but who did I tell you was a sleeper for James Harden? The New York Knicks. And who is Woj saying is in? The New York Knicks.
0: Yeah. Just telling you. It's a three-horse race right now, allegedly. There was just an update that oh, said allegedly. that uh, Ishbia and the boys in uh, Phoenix are uh, allegedly oh, he'd be, making a
1: run. He'd be an incredible
0: fit. Now, that said, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving have set historic numbers for trade requests at seven combined <laughs> in the last two seasons. But, you know, hey, let's put those guys together again, and maybe we can create Brooklyn well, 2.0. But also,
1: also, by the way, Kyrie Irving is going to go visit with the uh, Phoenix Suns. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, Kai Rizzle, everybody's favorite uh, anti-Semite. He's going to go meet with the Phoenix Suns uh, Mm -hmm. when free agency opens. I think that's going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. So Alema Harrington will join us uh, coming up here in about 15 minutes. Thanks to our friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com brings you all of our NBA free agency and NBA Utah Jazz Talk. And they always present Alema Harrington every week right here on The Monty Show. The biggest stories in sports today. Certainly this Brett Yormark situation. Brett was on BYU Sports Nation today at BYU over there in Provo, Utah. Um, and he, he very much, I think, sparked a debate in this country about What the Big 12 is doing and Pac-12 supporters today were all over the place saying that Brett Yormark said that the Big 12 is not going to expand. And, you know, their belief is that no Pac-12 team would ever want to go to uh, the Big 12 and that no Pac-12 team has talked to the Big 12 and which we all know is not the case. We've reported repeatedly. We have talked to, I think, every member of the the Pac-12 at one time or another who has told us, yeah, and I can tell you Washington State, Utah, like just about everybody in the Pac-12 has told us, hey, we've had conversations, varying degrees of interest, but it's up, it, 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 It's a matter of due diligence, responsibility to make sure that you are talking to all of your alternatives. right? And I, I just think that it's amazing how many Pac-12 fans are like, oh, nobody's ever talked to them. It's like, okay. And then yeah, Brett, your mark today, um, talking about 12 versus 14. Do you think Brett Yormark says here that the big 12 is not going to expand? To me, I do think
2: there's strength in numbers, but if we end up being at 12, that's great. I'd like to stay at 14, even with the departures of Texas and Oklahoma, candidly. We'll see if that's a possibility or not. Uh, but I love 12. Um, I, you know, I, I love the, the current makeup uh, moving forward. In fact, I'm thrilled with it. Um, we're not chasing a number. Again, it, whatever whatever happens has to truly create value for the conference um, and and fit within those guiding principles with respect to how we're thinking about expansion. But it's not so much a number that we're thinking about. Um, we, we, it's really more about the fit, and um, I think that's critically important.
0: Yeah, that's why I think you know the, you know Bobby over at uh, Arizona. Bobby, yeah, you know, good old Bobby. Uh, Bobby Robbins, uh, that's why I think they're talking more about, hey, we have we're a good fit here rather than, hey, the Big 12 has a need for more teams. That's why you notice that, you know, these administrators, these presidents, these ADs, with the exception of Arizona State, precisely schemers, you know, are are trying to sort of hedge their bet, if you will. Uh, and, and and try to position themselves in a way where they feel like a strong fit for the conference. And again, I'm just going to keep saying it so I'm blue in the face. Like, this is the genius of Brett Yormark. And, 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 and I agree, he was handed a great situation, but I think he deserves a lot of credit for the way he engages in the media and when he engages in the media, because... I guarantee you it's not lost upon him, the San Diego State situation with, with their exit fee and that deadline coming up at the end of tomorrow. It's not lost on him that, that the Pac-12 TV deal situation has dragged on for, you know, what, what almost a year now? We're approaching a 365-day mark. Like, it's not lost on him. So I don't think he's saying they're not interested in expansion. What I think yeah, he's I saying is is, hey, we're good. We want to stay at 14, but we're happy at 12. But if we are going to expand... It's about fit, not having a certain uh, number of teams.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, uh, Laura Weiss says, SMU was very good when they were in the SWAC. They were. They were when it was, you know, Eric Dickerson and Craig James and absolutely, no doubt about it. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think they were very good in days gone by. Hey, look at this, Brett Yormark's burner
0: account or burner phone. Okay, again, before you read this. If you're going to roll out with this account name, Brett Yormark's burner phone, there are expectations. This better be a good comment. <laughs> 629,
1: 2023, and there is no Pac 12
0: media. This is
1: astounding. Monty and Jake, is, re- is this really happening? One year ago, someone saying there'd be no deal. No one would have believed it. Nobody would have believed
0: it. No, nah, Brett, nobody would have believed it.
1: Yeah. Um, truck stop Gumby. Jake's pink eye will be a 20,000K giveaway. Or are we doing a giveaway at 20,000? Do you have the sunglass. Do we have to put them both on? Okay, I have my non, I have my non douche goggles. Today. Okay, okay, all you
0: right. Know. Yeah, it's a little it's a little bright over here, you know. Yeah. a little less bright now. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? You know, I can't. I, I can't, can't All right. I can't all right. We'll tone it back. Uh, Kurt Meyer says
1: STD. What? We'll tone it back. <laughs> Bryce Martin says. So who's talked to the Big Twelve the least? Well. You know, I honestly, I think it's, it's Oregon. I think Oregon is singularly focused on the big 10 and we have, I I will be honest with you. Oregon is one of our least sourced universities in the conference. Um, and I, I mean, I think, I think it's Oregon. I think certainly Stanford is not, uh, interested in the, in the big 12. It's just not a fit for them philosophically. No. Um, so, but I think Oregon is by far talked to the big 12, the least. Well,
0: and I think the angle or the take that a lot of people have run out there about Phil Knight's age and the fact that he's not getting younger is a really interesting take. Cause I Very think that matters. One. You know, I, I think the funding that Oregon gets from Nike is obviously a, a huge, a, a huge thing. This is why I
1: have continued to tell you, I still, and I know it's crazy, but I still don't believe that there's a single member of this conference who is, you just champing at the bit to get out. Yeah. I think I like Oregon is a great example. Their best opportunity to win a national championship in college football is to stay in the pac 12. Yeah. It instantly gives them a seat at the table. But now the problem is you've got USC this year. So I think a, a, a university like Oregon has a vested interest in keeping the pac 12 together, because if they go to the big 10 dude, again, it, it I just think you have such a a difficult road to the top of the Big Ten. Ohio State is not to be trifled with. Yeah, that is a really deep football program,
0: as is Michigan. But do you guys see how like Oregon is is a fit within those brands? Like, if you said, "Oh, yeah," it is Ohio State, Oregon, Michigan. Okay, that that kind of that makes sense. You know, like Ohio State, Michigan, Washington. That makes a lot of sense, and I think that's kind of what Brett's getting at. Is like. Hey, if it's a fit, we're open for business, but not everybody's a fit.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think it is really interesting. And again, this is just my opinion. I think it's really interesting that Oregon and Washington have remained dead silent, dead silent. They have they have essentially not said two words in this entire process. We have heard from everybody else and Oregon and Washington have not said two words. And I think it's by design. I think that President Kosse at Washington, she carries the majority of the water in that town and- Which is why you never hear from her. You don't, and I I, I continue to say, the people that you hear from on a regular basis are are the ones creating the problems. We, yeah. can, we can sit here and say there's no drama, but you can't listen to Jed Fish, the football coach at Arizona yesterday, say that he's telling recruits we'll be somewhere and then Dude. rightfully believe that this conference is unified and they're just waiting and we're going to be fine. Like, I mean, it, it, is a, it is a remarkable bite. When you listen to Jed Fish yesterday, and if you heard it, I don't mean to be redundant, but I, I think this is a remarkable soundbite. Jed Fish goes on a podcast. Next up with Adam Brennan. Next up podcast and is asked about the Pac-12 media deal. And the host says to him, Well, hey, I know you can't answer this question. So you would expect at Arizona. I you know, I, I'm just really focused on building my football team. That's the answer I would I expect. I agree. I would right? agree. Yep. That's not what Jed Fish, the head football coach at Arizona, said
2: Arizona's so. gonna have a place to go. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell our recruits. <laughs> we'll be all right. That's what I tell our donors. <laughs> that's what I tell our families of you know, current personnel. Mm-hmm. We have a great brand, and we have a great basketball program, we have a great softball program, a great baseball program, and I believe we have the opportunity to have an incredible football program. Yeah. We're fine.
1: Yeah. Where we play <laughs> our road games, we'll wait
2: and see for our president, but um, we are locked in and loaded for this season, and um, we're going to try to just be where our feet are, which is right now in the pack 10. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Like you you can't you can't tell me that Arizona, that's the head football coach at Arizona. I, on the heel of on the heels of you know President Robbins telling CBS Sports, hey, excuse me, President Robbins telling CBS Sports he has some affinities for the Big 12. And Arizona athletic director Dave Hickey, you know, there will be you know, you you look at this comment from the athletic director at Arizona. But if not, there will be a new landscape and a new opportunity for the University of Arizona. And all of these bros have had the opportunity to say, "Oh no, you know, Arizona, we're committed to the Pac-12, and we're gonna we're gonna see the process through." And none of them in Arizona are are doing, and they're being given
0: outs. Yeah. And That's they're like, "Oh yeah. Thing.
1: You know what? We're 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 not if we're not here, I'm telling people we're going to be somewhere like you guys. Come on. Like the there is a Look, lot of have, doubt.
0: Like if you uh, I believe we still have Rick George from Colorado. Rick George's answer. The video of Rick George. His answer. I hope we still have it. Rick George was asked directly, "Hey, like what do you think of you know, realignment, what, what yeah. you know, where's Colorado at? And his answer, I thought, was spot on.
3: You know, we're we're members of the Pac-12. We're proud members of the Pac-12. And, um, you know, we've, we've got to see uh, where our media rights deal lands and, and uh, where our conference goes. And, you know, in a, in a perfect world, we'd love to be in the Pac-12. And, uh, but we also have to do what's right for Colorado at the end of the day. And, um, you know, we'll evaluate things as we move forward.
0: Okay, great. Great. I mean, the the answer that you would expect, like kind of canned, like super, super professional, shaking you know. hands, kissing babies, like, yeah, being a like, politician, you know, PR, PR person wrote that for you. And then you get Jet Fish out here saying things like, yeah, I've been telling everybody and their mom that, you know, we, we, we're we going to not every somewhere.
1: recruits. Oh, I'm telling recruits we will be somewhere. Like, yeah. dude. Oh. Wow. Like that's. That's why I'm saying. Like, I just think we're at the end of a rope on this thing. Let's run through a bunch of your comments. Um, Steve Wicks, Steve, how are you? Expansion is not done. The Big Twelve will have to get involved to survive. They will. Agreed. Starry, uh, meaning that if Utah and ASU don't want to come along with Colorado and Arizona, there's no need for San Diego State or UNLV. I think that's a really good point. I think it's a really good point. Uh, Brett, your mark's burner is. I'm just psyching the Pac 12 fans out. Twelve is cool, but 14 might be cool too. Just messing with y'all. Pac ten. Pac-10. Spangler, I never understood the idea of Oregon to the Big Ten. Someone just said it one day and every everybody believed it.
0: Well, what's confusing well, about it? That's the thing. Cause I think it's I think it's perfectly sensical. And we had it first on this show that
1: CBS, NBC, and Fox have all agreed to add Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal. And the reason that that matters is because th- those are your TV partners. And this will mainly impact NBC and CBS because Fox has big noon kickoff. Mm-hmm. So they have the early window. And if you're adding Pacific teams, you're not, they're not going to be in the early window. They're going to be in the CBS and NBC windows. And the reason that people are talking about that is because Again, Oregon it, it has an interim president right now. Their athletic director did comment and really didn't say much. And their new president, I believe, starts next week. Yeah, starts July first. So time's coming. Time is coming. But again, let's see what the media deal is. And it's 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 going to happen. We were told it's really close. And, and again, if you're just tuning in or you're new to the show, we were told this week the media deal has been presented to the presidents and they're trying to negotiate their grant of rights, which is to say who gets how much and who gets how little. That's really what this is about and how are they going to pay uh, for some of these other schools? I think they're, how are they going to pay for expansion is a big one. It is a, it's a very big one. Uh, Jim Choi, beginning uh, of June, kenzano and Wilner both said the deal will be done by June. You could take that to the bank basically, they did. Oh, gee, Gary, expansion won't be done until we have uh, two major super conferences. And I hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong. Because I think that's terrible for college athletics. The idea that you're just going to have two super conferences and the little guys, the the SMUs of the world. Notre Dame's always going to be fine. SMUs, the Oregon States, the Washington States, the Kansas footballs. They're the ones that are going to struggle. Because I, I do think, and this is just my opinion again, I think when we talk about the, the ever-changing face of college athletics, I think what you're gonna see happen is is football and basketball are gonna become bit, totally different businesses. Yeah, And I think, because there's just too much money to be made on basketball to allow it to toil, which is why Brett Yormark is doing what he's doing with basketball. You're not gonna watch one conference like the Big 12, who I think is gonna start printing money in basketball you really think the Big Ten or the SEC or the ACC or the Pac-12, being what it may be, you really think they're just going to watch the Big 12 make money in that model and not try to copy that and improve it? Of course they're going to try and copy that and improve it. I think that's when you're going to see, and there's a bigger conversation about does the NCAA exist, and I, I think there's a larger conversation about the changing face of college athletics with you know, the transfer portal and NIL and College basketball and the one-and-done changes that have happened through one-and-done has been forced to adapt and change, and I think it's just the beginning of change. I truly do. All right, a guy who uh, knows all about your mark and BYU and uh, TridayTrading.com is Alema Harrington. And uh, wow, look at Alema in the in the uh, he's in the pimp pad today with the <laughs> high ceilings and how you doing, man? You look really good I'm today, Lema. I'm doing great.
3: Coming uh, coming at you live from uh, just our kitchen here, and um, I love this conversation that you guys are having. And because when you look at the, the landscape of, of college athletics. And the way that it has changed. I mean, think about a guy that's my age, right, fifty-seven, that that played in the Western Athletic Conference with BYU. Coming up uh, on tomorrow night, where you know I'll be part of this big celebration as as BYU officially goes into the Big Twelve. But even going back to when uh, you know we found out about Utah leaving the Mountain West Conference and going into the Pac-12, and looking at you know the way that those dominoes all fell, right. And then it, I, I think the question was, well, is this the end? Is this what the conferences are going to look like? And I remember having, this was just uh, last year and even the year before, because I do a radio show with Coach Mack and we talk about college football all the time and what's happening. And he's got so many uh, you know, resources that he's continually speaking to. And I remember he told us, he said, that the time is going to come when there's going to basically be two elite conferences And there's going to be everything else. And what you just mentioned, which is, you know, that conversation about where, what happens to the NCAA, that's a whole nother conversation, but that is part of this conversation as well, because, you know, are the SEC and the big 10 going to be so big that they're going to look at the the NCAA and say, we don't need all of, you know, your supervision and we're (laughs) going to take it over ourselves and not have to deal with that. And, I, you know, the, there's so many layers to it because when we're talking college basketball and the NCAA tournament, which is such a staple, uh, it, it's 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 America, right? The NCAA yeah. tournament. You know, how do you deal with that and and try to separate separate that from the NCAA? I don't think that that you can. So there's so many conversations, but it's intriguing because you know you're always wondering like what's going to happen and when when Utah went to the Pac-12. And BYU went independent, which was the best move that they had at that time, and and it served them well because they had the relationship that they had with ESPN. But you you were wondering, okay, uh, there's going to be another movement, and it, it usually is every ten or twelve years or so, maybe a little bit longer than that, when you have these big shifts. And we're going through one of the bigger shifts now, and the SEC is getting rich, the Big Ten is getting rich, or I should say richer, right? The rich get richer. Yeah, and so. You know that everybody else has to to figure out how are we going to be able to stay relevant,
1: right? Yeah. Do you? I I mean, when you as a BYU alum, I mean, I I have to imagine that this is this is a big time for BYU, man. I I mean, you look at the just even locally in in the state of Utah, the 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 nose the nose looking down the nose at Mm -hmm. BYU and. TDS and little brother and you'll never beat us again and we're in the Pac 12 and you're irrelevant. You look back on this 10 years for BYU, and I think it is groundbreaking. I think it's historic. I think you look at the job that Tom Homo did, maybe even just in scheduling. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not we have never seen that, in my opinion, we have never seen that level of growth, that level of of scaling up. And now you look at the fact that one of the biggest mistakes in, in pretty much everybody's opinion, Alema, that the Pac-12 made was not adding BYU. Yeah. Like, this is a historic time for for Brigham Young.
3: Absolutely it is. And, and I agree with you on this whole idea that, you know, if you're looking at what the Pac-12 could have done instead of Colorado... BYU maintaining some of these regional and historical rivalries, which are such a big part of college football and probably the biggest disappointment when you look at the shifting of conferences and teams moving away from, uh, you know, teams that they've been associated with with, with for so many years, because even if you miss one or two years and, and you have a team like Utah who has, I don't want to call it an excuse, but they have an, a legitimate reason for not scheduling BYU. And, and, and you, can't, you can't hate them for that. You understand that they're playing a Pac-12 schedule, and the last thing that they need is, is a rivalry game. In spite of how important it is to, to college football to have those rivalries, you know, to, 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 to put a team like BYU on your schedule, when you're looking at the importance of your overall record you know, that, that's a very difficult thing to do. So I, I think that you, you can look back on it and wonder what could have been. And for BYU, for, certainly for Utah, I, I have nothing but love and respect for my, my friends and my, my brothers that are, you know, at the university of Utah and, and they are literally, literally our friends and brothers that, that are over there now and teammates of mine whose kids have played there now or are playing there now. Um, you know, they made the right choice for them and they have thrived at in the Pac 12. And now to see what's happening to the Pac 12, it's a little, it's a little disheartening because that conference certainly isn't what it once was. Not that the Pac 12 was on the same level as the SEC, but it was a very respectable conference. And you wonder, okay, what's it gonna look like when this is all said and done? Where does Utah end up when it's all said and done? And I certainly wouldn't be opposed. And depending on, on what the Big 12 wants to do with, you know, numbers in, in their conference, uh, for BYU and Utah to somehow be reunited in a conference, um, that allows them to, to, um, to, to, to resurrect that rivalry in, in a conference.
1: Yeah, I think – I, I wish they would play every year. Mm-hmm. But you're exactly right. When you have – and BYU is now in the same situation. When you have what's on the line for Utah – who is over the last three years I mean you look at the back-to-back championships the Rose Bowl you're a game away from the college yeah. football playoff at that point when yeah. you're playing at that level I, so I, I totally get it but man I look at BYU and I, I go back to taysom jumping over a Texas longhorn and the interview that Bronco did with the Austin American statesman and the, the pain of transitioning from out of Bronco Mendenhall. Mm-hmm. I think the lack of credit that Bronco gets for the foundation that he built. And I just think about all that pain, dilemma that BYU has been through and all of the transition, the doubt, the insecurity. What July 1st represents going forward, the, the courage. I don't mean to espouse about the greatness of Kalani. I just happen to be a huge believer and mm-hmm. a fan of his. The courage that he showed when the season ended, this coaching staff change, you, you play the game, you know this. Yeah. That was not easy. And and you know what, Alema, I think it took a lot of courage from Kalani to make the changes he made.
3: Absolutely, because you, you when know, you're talking about you know Tuyaki, who is is, you know, a good friend, relative, you know, making hard decisions like that. And there have been many of those along the way that were you know, necessary for the program to continue and give Tuiaki credit for the grace in which, the, you know, he departed the program. Um, but those, those decisions are extremely difficult to make. And uh, for any of us on the outside looking in, and you hear, and, and we have a very vocal um, fan base with, with Brigham Young University, and everybody's, you know, calling, I, you know, I, I go back to Bronco Mendenhall's Uh, era and and the criticism continually of Bronco Mendenhall who did nothing but give you nine wins a season and and for you know the 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 calls for him to 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 be be fired those kinds of things and and you you love that about your a passionate um, uh, fan base and at the same time it's it's you know it's, it's a product of being that good. And that sounds a little elitist, but it, it, it's a product of putting a, a program together that has that type of success and has it consistently. And BYU has been able to do that. And there's always going to be ebbs and flows and ups and downs. But for some, you know, uh, even Texas, you know, has, they, they've gone through hard times that last you know, five a- a years and longer. And BYU has never suffered anything like that.
1: Yeah. How many Texas fans thought they would miss Mac Brown this much watching him in Carolina, right? (laughs) You think about, man, you think you, that's such a good point. Uh, You know, darn it, Bronco. All you ever do is win nine games. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, and one of the best stories was remember the ice bucket challenge? Bronco Mendenhall poured a bucket of ice water over my head and the the hug that I got after that was just like he's just a good dude. Yeah. He's just like he's just, yeah, that's crazy. Anyway, um, speaking of, you know, achieving at a high level, before I ask you about Jordan Clarkson, let me ask you about TridayTrading.com uh, because obviously they present 11 Harrington every week on the show. And we tell you every single day about building the life you want and looking into the crystal ball for $10 of mm-hmm. a charitable donation. When you make a $10 charitable donation, and you get that 30 day trial membership. you know, Alema, I think it really gives you a look at what your future could be like.
3: yeah, and that's the beauty of it and and I love the concept of try before you buy, right and and as you mentioned, it's a ten dollar. Uh, charitable donation, So it's not even going into the pockets of tri-day trading. It's really just about, we want to make sure that this is something you're not just kind of clicking through. And it's like, Oh yeah, I'll click on that. And then you never come back to it. You know, $10 is enough for for you to remember. Oh yeah, I made a, a, some sort of commitment to this program. Let me look into it. And I encourage everybody to do the same thing that I did, which is you hear about it and you have some questions. You start to wonder. You go to the website. You get some more information, and then you sign up for the ten day or uh, ten dollar uh, thirty day trial. And all of a sudden, you're exposed to thirty days worth of these resources. And within that time frame. Uh, everybody that is listening and, and viewing the show right now is capable of in, within 30 days of making a decision on whether or not this is right for you. And I think I, I really do. I, I think that you owe it to yourself uh, in, in the, the time and the age that we live in today to look at your options. And I, I, it wasn't that long ago that we were locked down for, for COVID and, and people were wondering, man, am I ever going to go back to work or Maybe you know you lost a position. And so there, there's we might have lost some of that urgency, but this is an opportunity to really look and see, okay, what is what is what is out there that I can do for myself that I'm gonna be in control of the amount of time that I spent and uh, spend, and then at the same time be able to get into the 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 day trading world, but do it with tri-day trading's money. This is crazy, right? You're gonna trade using tri-day trading's money because they're funding your account, and you're gonna keep up to 80% of the profits. So this is a beautiful opportunity to I I, I always look at it as taking it in steps as you you learn. And and we do, you know, the, all of our lives in this. I, I go back to my days as a football player, and there's practice, and then there's scrimmages, and then there's the game. And so, you know, you got practice where you're starting to understand the lingo, the you know the, the the vocabulary of what day trading is all about, and your coach is there to help you personally with that. And then you might go into a scrimmage. Okay, you're going to go into some some uh, some live trading, and you're going to do it with your coach. And then you go into a game, and you start to trade as they fund your account using their money and keeping eighty percent of the profits. And they are there. Speaking of tri-day trading, they are there every step of the way to to ensure that that you are getting every resource that you need to be successful.
1: Yeah, and I can't tell you how many people say to me on a regular basis, man, I hate being back in the office. Man, my boss is frustrating me. I Mm -hmm. feel like I'm unhappy at my job. You just don't need to deal with that, man, because Tri-Day Trading lets you work for yourself. Tri-Day Trading is saying to you, hey, you don't want to be in the office, work for yourself. They're going to show you how to be an elite day trader. And by the way, the good news is the bull market's back, man. There has never been a better time yeah. than right now to go to trydaytrading.com. Hey, let and, me ask you about Jordan Clarkson. Because, Just real, real,
3: real quickly, yeah. uh, to that point, the beauty of day trading too is because you're in and out within, you know, sometimes 15 minutes of the day trading, you're in and out during you know, the course of a day. You're not, you're not worried about where the market is because whether the market is a bull market or a bear market, and it's up or down, you're gonna be able to sell or trade and make money on those deals regardless of what's happening in the stock market. So people get worried about, well, the stock market, it's it's unreliable. That's a great thing. You want a volatile market as a day trader. And those are the things that they're gonna teach you how to do a tri-day trade.
1: And the same goes for Forex, by the way, foreign currencies and I mean, it's the exact same model, exactly right. Uh, TridayTrading.com. Hey, let me ask you about Jordan Clarkson because I think Jordan surprised a lot of people on the news. Now, by the way, I want to make this very clear that Clutch Sports, who represents Jordan, and the Utah Jazz have not commented Uh on this. We have reached out to both. Uh, But Jordan Clarkson reportedly opted into his Jazz uh, player option today. Did that surprise you? What, are, what what was your reaction to that news? So, as a member of the Utah Jazz, right? So,
3: I can I can't speak to that directly because of my affiliation and being being employed by the Utah Jazz. So, let me speak about the report. The report that he is going to opt into his player option, I think, is a great thing for the state of Utah. I think it's a great thing for the Utah Jazz. If you look at the way that that teams are being set up, winning teams that and and. You know, most recently, the Denver Nuggets, you want to have certainly you want to have shooters. And and Jordan Clarkson is that certainly one you want to have players that the the fans love. Jordan Clarkson is that. And it's not just here in the state of Utah. We're talking about building the brand of the Utah Jazz. This guy is recognizable throughout the U.S. and uh, throughout the world. He's a huge uh, star in the Philippines and in the Asian Pacific. So you, you want those things, but you also want a guy that is veteran savvy. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, I, when I looked at, at, you know, the initial uh, news that, that um, he might not accept, a, you know, the, his player option, it's like, well, of course not. You know, guys are looking at, okay, what kind of money am I li- leaving on the table? If, if this report is accurate, I think of, man, that guy's a team player. And I, I, I love this about Jordan Clarkson and have his entire career here with the Utah Jazz. And he's accepted his role as a six-man player and then as a starter. And he's been able to thrive and improve. Last year, his best numbers of his entire career. Um, and, and guys don't necessarily do that after they turn 30. So yeah. you're looking at a player that is very valuable to the Utah Jazz. And if the reports are true, then what he's saying, I like it here. And I, I, I truly believe that he does. Even though he, he's a yeah. San Antonio kid. He just bought a, a huge mansion in San Antonio, and um, that's always going to be his home. But I love guys that that look at wherever they're playing and the state of Utah being the case here as a second home. And and certainly uh, the state of Utah loves this kid.
1: But I think you look at what Danny Ainge is building, and I think you look at whether it's a John Collins trade, whether uh-huh. it is the – I think Danny absolutely in this front office, and I don't want to leave Justin Zanuck out of that or the organization on the whole – they dominated the draft. Yeah. I mean, th- this is an organization that had had times struggled with draft picks and converting and developing. I-, I don't remember a draft in recent years where I left that draft night super excited, and then you add John Collins into the mix, and I just feel like this team dilemma is in such a good position. I feel like Danny Ainge is short in the curve yeah. to be championship viable.
3: I agree with you hundred percent. And, and, you know, it is a process and what they're trying to achieve does take time. And there are certain things that you can do and luck plays a part in all of that. But there are things that you can do, as you mentioned, to kind of shorten the curve and to, to accelerate the, the you know the progress and 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 trying to get to where you want to be, which is to be a competitive team that's in the playoffs that's vying for a championship. Like those are all parts that are a part of this journey that are down the road. But you can accelerate that by really you know kicking butt in the draft, which the Jazz absolutely did. And you don't always you know you almost rarely really get an opportunity to have. Three first-round draft picks, and really a, a, a very strong draft overall uh, for the NBA, and so they were successful there. And then you're able to keep a core piece that that you know had a, a player option. If the reports are true, then you are able to maintain some of the stability there. And then you've got some stars coming back, and of course, marketing being at the top of that list. And so the things that that are happening right in front of our eyes and Danny Ainge, Justin Zanuck and Ryan Smith and, and the entire front office, the things that they are doing, I think, maintain what has been developed over the course of the last, you know, maybe the the last couple of years, there was a lot of, you know, I think people struggled as jazz fans to try to understand why are you trading away your two uh, all-stars and so you got to make sense of that. And people went into the last, this past season, a little apprehensive, but were quickly converted because that team got out there and they entertained and they competed on a nightly basis. And, and Will Hardy has done a, a, just a fantastic job of taking over a program as a first time head coach. And so those are all things that I think help give you momentum as you go into this season. And, you know, the West is, is, is tough. It is a tough, uh, it, it, conference and, and the jazz are going to have certainly, um, you know, challenges a- every night when they play in conference. And so it, all you can hope for is that you're going to put a team on the floor that is going to entertain and compete. And last year they did that. And at the end of the season, we're, you know, falling just short of the, the post season. I don't see that happening this year. I believe that the Utah jazz will be in the mix, if not in the top 10 in the top six and be able to have a spot secured going into um in, into the playoffs.
1: And who are we kidding? We're getting more purple uniforms and by the way we do get we, the Utah Jazz playing now one of the finest buildings in the in mm-hmm. the league back to the Delta Center, but I think the All-Star money and the the capital investment that Ryan Smith made in the building dilemma I think absolutely was was a big part of this, but man new tv deal you get a you you get a really good draft you get a really good building again more purple uniforms which is what we really care (laughs) about like i mean you know and jazz bear but any anyway the point is there's a lot there's a lot of momentum uh for the jazz alema always good to see you enjoy the byu celebration this weekend and uh we'll we'll talk to you again next week thanks guys appreciate you you bet alema harrington presented by trydaytrading.com TridayTrading.com slash monty sign up for your 30-day $10 trial membership. And it's what Alema said. It it doesn't matter where the market is. Up, down, there's always opportunities when you are one of the elite day traders in the country and really in North America, because if you're listening to our our good friends up north, oh Canada, Uh, if you're in Mexico, and I know we have a good contingent in Mexico as well, and across the United States of America, TridayTrading.com, I'm telling you, the money is there for you to be made. The opportunity is there. Let Tri-Day Trading show you what they can do for you. 30-day, $10 trial membership. It's a tax write-off because it's a charitable donation. Knock it down at TridayTrading.com.
0: Let's run through some of your comments. Lemma well, came in here strong today. He came in Dude, here rolling. He came in here ready to go.
1: I'm telling you, BYU is, and I was, it wasn't even hyperbole. The Pac-12 made a huge mistake not adding BYU. And all the Sunday play and the damn Mormons and all of the, the slander that BYU took when the Pac-12 chose not to add BYU, I think now is coming back to roost in the Pac-12. And I think Brett Yormark talking about the value and the reach and the, the absolute must-have that BYU was an expansion because mm-hmm. of the upcoming TV deal. hmm I don't think there's any doubt that Tom Homo will likely never get the credit he deserves for BYU getting into the Big 12 because of the decade of independence, the relationship with the ESPN, the scheduling, the winning of big games. I, I just think guys like Tom Homo, guys like Bronco Guys like Kalani.
0: The heroes college football doesn't
1: deserve. They they will never get the credit that they deserve for BYU. They they will not. Uh, Brigham's Boys. Okay. Says Brett also said that he wants to expand with teams that are brought into the future for the Big 12. That are bought into the future of the Big 12. Not just that TV money is better. Oh, I think that's a huge point. Yeah. I think that's a huge point. There's no doubt about that. G off, what's up, Jeff Johnson? Sup, guys? Any uh, fun Fourth of July plans? I am going to smoke a rack or a thousand of ribs. Final. I am really Mrs. Monty is all about smoking ribs for the Fourth of bro, July. Bro, G off.
0: Can I get a back update, bro? I, I, yeah, I how a, you I feeling, need an man? update on the back, bro. Come on. G
1: off had a back is broken. Yeah, G off had a small misstep in the office one day. Uh, Ken Williams says I like Utah. Cool, Kenny. Good to Utah. see you. Uh, big Jack 512 SMU is still a better academic than TCU could be true uh, Dallas Cowboys own DFW well on Sundays but college football on Saturdays man big money big big money um, let's see Spangler says Oregon is a great fit in the Big 12 in my opinion. Well, I mean, I would think they're a great fit. Oregon doesn't think they're a great fit.
0: Yeah, which they don't. ultimately is what matters, unfortunately. Yeah, I,
1: I, I think it does. And yeah, Washington as well. There, there's no doubt about that. Um, let's see. Artie Cat says, The next realignment you'll have uh, the P2 and the rest. Man, I hope that's not the case. Back. ten. I really hope that's not the case.
0: Dude, um, Alema Harrington's been around the block, man. He knows people. And I yeah, think, he agrees. I think, I think the concept of a big two, if you will, uh, you know, two power conferences and everyone else, I, I don't think it's good for college football, or really, honestly, we need to stop saying college football, college athletics, because that affects all sports. Um, I don't think that's particularly healthy for all sports, but may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll find a setup that is beneficial. Maybe... You know, the maybe the way TV distribution works now will work differently when those when that setup, you know, comes. But I don't think we're going to see that for, you know, probably 30 years, 25 yeah, years. I, I think it's a ways
1: I, off still. I hope not. Uh, Big 12 will be the new American conference coast to coast. But with scraps, the P2 didn't want like Utah. The P2 doesn't want Utah, Washington State and some ACC schools. We'll see. Sir Robin says, same here, Dallas-Fort Worth. Good to see you. There you go. Uh, Spangler, the Big Ten will wait and take ACC schools if given the opportunity, namely North Carolina and Virginia. Maybe. I don't disagree with that. I I, I really do not. Steve Wicks, a lemma is spot on as an old-timer. The changes in the last two decades has been mind-blowing. You need to adapt to survive. Facts. Boom. Amen to Facts. that. Uh, Cougar tracks. I don't care what they do as long as they keep BYU and Utah in separate conferences. Nah, bro. Wow. K. Nuren, as a BYU fan, I would want to play Notre Dame over Utah every year. Not me. Not me, dude. You need the Utah game. Why? Why? Why do you guys not want to see the Utah game? I I don't get it. Uh, I think Jason's comment is spot on. The Big Ten is waiting for the ACC schools to vote to break their grant of rights. If you can get Syracuse from the ACC, you get most of the New York State TV market, including NYC. Could be. Could be. I I just think there's a lot of unknowns there. Uh, James Turnbull. Bronco did a lot of great things, but he didn't take the rivalry with Utah nearly as seriously as Whittingham did, and it really showed. You think that's true? You think that's true? I think Bronco... Let's not forget football is fifth, and... I think Bronco wasn't living and dying on the result of the Utah game. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. I would absolutely agree with that. Um, Let's see. Phenomenal Hebrew. Says, imagine the ratings for NBC on a Penn State-Oregon game. Oh, my God. That's what I mean, uh, dude. The networks want Oregon and Washington in the Big Ten. It's just a matter of time. They'll pull the trigger. Dude, I think that's a great point.
0: That's a great point, dude. Can
1: you imagine the Washington-Michigan, Washington-Ohio State, well, I mean, it's, it's Oregon-Ohio State? Dude.
0: Why does the NFL do Monday night football and Thursday night football? With flex night, scheduling. Like, with flex scheduling, yeah, dude. Like, it's matchups.
1: Which is why we were talking about... Who controls the scheduling and guaranteeing, you know, linear TV appearances. and Which doesn't exist because flex scheduling. It's exactly right. Uh, John Dry, what's up, John? We will see if Oregon is a power when they play the new 12th man in college football, Tech in Hub City. Okay. Okay. I, I think Oregon, do we really doubt Oregon's prowess? Apparently. I mean, after last year. The quick turn. I mean, Oregon. Re-
0: dude, there's a reason Georgia put Oregon on the schedule. There's a reason. Well... It's a quality, early-season, non-con yeah. game, dude.
1: I mean, strength of schedule is what I was immediately going to. Yeah. Um. But I think... Or- is Oregon a Pac-12 power or a college football power? College
0: football power. No you doubt about so? it. You think so? Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. If you, if you ask an East Coaster, hey, who's the best team out West? They may say USC, but I think a good portion would also say Oregon. Yeah. You know, that's, just an just you
1: know? that's an interesting question. Uh, that's an interesting question. That's an interesting question. I think... Th- oh, I'm not sold on Oregon as a national power. Uh, John Dry says, Lubbock, Texas. Pew, pew! Lubbock. Uh, <laughs> uh, Spangler, football doesn't matter. Brand does. I think brand is hugely important. Yeah. I think what you... And this is the SMU conundrum. Mm-hmm. This is the SMU situation. What you've done on the field doesn't matter nearly as much as your TV ratings, your brand, your facilities, yeah. your yeah. – There's a lot more – your academics, obviously. Yeah. You know, like that to me is, is more important. Stanford is a, is a stratosphere above Oregon. But if you think Oregon is going to the Big Ten before Stanford, then I can't help you. I don't. I think they will. I think if Stanford and Cal go, it's with Oregon and Washington. Yeah, I think Stanford's academics and Cal's academics outweigh anything that's ever happened on a football or basketball court. Facts. I, I, I that's just me though. You know, Spangler. UCLA has more powerful football brand than Oregon, I guess. Well, hmm. BYU had the last laugh. Yeah, but. Does, that, does the BYU-Utah series ever get played every year for five straight years?
0: Uh, it's played off the field every single year and every single day in the state of Utah.
1: Yeah. I hope it does, but I don't think it will. I mean, that's just, that's just my opinion, but I could be wrong. I, I could totally be wrong. I yeah. just, I, I don't know. I think one of the things that really bothers me about college football realignment is that you don't have the rivalry games. We don't get Michigan-Notre Dame. We don't. We don't get Notre Dame, Miami. We don't get. Uh, uh, you know, it terrifies me that you're going to lose Notre Dame and USC.
0: Well, how long was Pitt, West Virginia, not played? Too long, right?
1: Like, and you and you're going. You're losing Bedlam. You're losing. Are we going to lose the Apple Cup?
0: Yeah, probably.
1: You know, our, like we're it. It's. It's. I understand that it is a. It is an unfortunate result of big dollar paychecks the
0: byproduct bro
1: I, I the byproduct i totally get it yeah it just pisses me off it should
0: piss because off. because
1: life without bedlam without the holy war without convicts versus catholics without mm-hmm. you know the, the history of college football i mean I, I, georgia florida every single year yeah right like you you need Florida State versus Florida versus Miami versus Florida like we need these the the regional rivalries the Michigan Michigan States the Michigan Ohio States those are intact in the Big 10 the problem is these these lesser conferences the Big 12 included when Oklahoma goes to the SEC we lose bedlam Right, like that. To me, that just shouldn't ever happen.
0: Well, and I think the counterbalance to that is that TV. I I think people saying, "Hey, TV partners, Fox, ESPN, they all want the biggest matchup." So hopefully, you know, you know, we continue to get. uh, And I don't know why we wouldn't, but like SC Notre Dame is going to continue to happen. I mean, I I think you know, for some reason, you know, and and it's probably because you get more games in basketball. But we get more good matchups in basketball. We get like UNC Duke is every year like ten times. Mean, like, yeah,
1: it, it, which is great. But what about Oregon, Oregon State? What about like? I mean, that's a great. Yeah, Oregon but TV State partners
0: don't care about that.
1: Uh, and you're right; they don't. But they don't again, this about is that. the Ion Script Sports conversation. That's true. Regionally, that thing is. I think the Civil War, the Apple Cup, the Holy War, territorial the, cup, the territory Arizona Arizona State, like. Regionally, those things are a big deal. Yeah, and and that should be like it's it. it we go back and forth. You know what I mean? Like yeah.
0: No, I mean I think for I think for our sense, it's a it's a huge deal. I, I I think if you could get Oregon, Oregon State on Ion, you know, as an example, if that were to ever happen, which yeah. probably won't, but let let's just say you know again for the regional TV network, the 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 Ion coverage in the Mountain Region. You know, yeah, Utah BYU is a huge deal for them and their ad partners. But again, you know, major college football as we push to dissolving conferences, seemingly until the pack finds its TV deal or media rights deal. Dude,
1: fucking Oregon State derailed Oregon last year. Do you oh, yeah. guys nobody, do you guys yeah. understand yeah. that we were at the super chicks up on Riverdale Road, nothing. Yeah. Yep. Eating. Jake was eating whatever the. You it's know. a
0: Pacavo. dude. Seriously, you're gonna run that disrespect out here?
1: Anyway. I was eating a deluxe full breast of chicken because I'm a breast man. Right. With, you know, fresh cut vegetables. They're pickles, lovely, dude. lovely pickles because they're amazing. Fries, like I was all in. Right. And we were sitting there and we were all having a great time because it's a great place to hang out and have a great meal.
0: And we were watching Oregon State dismantle Oregon's hopes and dreams. And what did Utah need out of that game? Oregon to lose and Oregon State delivered. Yeah. Which is why everyone sitting in Ogden, Utah, was about it. And And everybody
1: at Super Chicks is watching that game. It was amazing. It was amazing. I I just, yeah. Truck Stop Gumby says my check from Endeavor hasn't cleared yet. Exactly. That's cold, bro. Uh, S.A. So is San Diego State in bad shape? I think, well, I mean, the people that I talk to, Everybody believes they're in the Pac-12. Everybody believes it. I think that their, their deadline day is tomorrow. And I have asked them, the Mountain, I have asked San Diego State over email, and they have not responded. What? It, it, they're, I mean, they gave notice. Gloria Navarro the commissioner of the Mountain West, hammered them, yeah. as she should have. As she should have. Spangler, rivalries do not matter. Come on, dude. Be better, dude. You really don't. Well, but I want to, I, I, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. You're telling me that rivalries don't matter. You're telling me Michigan, Ohio State's not a game of consequence. You're telling me that Notre Dame, Michigan. You're telling me that Bedlam. You're telling me that, I mean, look at, look at Texas and Texas A&M now being back in the SEC. That doesn't matter. Come on. I, I, I mean, look, I understand if you don't want the game, but let's not say they don't matter. Let's just, if you don't care about rivalry games, okay, that's a cool stance. You can't tell me they do not matter. Yeah,
0: look at Bryce's comment right there. Bryce Martin.
1: As a Tech fan, I want to play Texas everywhere, but I, every year, but I know we'll always lose out to a game in terms of viewership and coverage. You will. Yeah. You will. Uh, Lonnie, what's up, my guy? How, uh, hi guys. How are you doing today? Good, Lonnie.
0: Dude, we're doing good, man.
1: Doing good. Life is good. Played some really terrible golf today and, you know. But I will say, I smoked a, uh, I'm a PXG guy all day. Uh, I smoked a PXG pitching wedge over the 18th green. And I have no idea how I hit that ball so far. And then a lovely sugar wedge. Sugar, what are they? Sugar, sugar daddy, daddy wedges. Sugar daddy wedges. The PX-T. sugar daddy sixty degree dropped it within five feet. Missed the putt. Welcome to my life. If I could make because a putt, it's garbage. I I kid you not. This I is had true. Five birdies today. Missed, yeah, them, it's all. True. Missed them all. Didn't make a or I made one. Well, and you've been pushing it right a lot lately. But I'm really working on my putting stroke. Yeah. And so up at Canyon's Golf on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I'm playing solo because somebody. Has yeah, yeah, I know what time it is. I'll just go fuck off. It's fine. Yeah, dude. Um, but I'll be up at Canyons Golf on <laughs> Saturday morning, <laughs> and all I care about, I want to break eighty at Canyons. That is my life's. And you're gonna play
0: from the blues, correct? No, I'm gonna play. How many times
1: have we talked about this?
0: Okay, well, you said today on the course we're playing from the blues. No,
1: I didn't. I didn't. Okay, that's not what I meant anyway. Okay, I'm. I the okay so the blacks are the furthest the blues are the next furthest which
0: is where most people play
1: the problem with the blues for me is and i'm not being like hey look at me bro hey man i'm the best i have really good equipment from pxg i hit my drive a mile now at times i can't control it today i actually feel like i drove the ball pretty well yeah at canyons you have to drive the ball well and a lot of those drives I mean, every drive you have to be left. Every You cannot hit high fades no. at Canyons. You have to hit straight or you have to hit a cut. And from the blues, I overrun the fairway every single time. And so the conversation is, do I step down to a three-wood? Because I hit the PXG three-wood really well. Yes. Do I step down to a three-wood off the tee or do I play from the blacks with a driver? And I'm, I love hitting my driver. I do. And I am... Yeah we'll see salty drunk says i stroked my pxg too my much myself <laughs> but you know uh, you know um and donut says monty needs a putting green in the backyard well, i will say you should say that i have a, a hitting net in uh turf in my backyard and it's helped my my wedge but i gotta tell you i can't fucking hit a wedge off the tee to save my life <laughs> <laughs> Like, the first, we we play at a, so there's a course uh, in Utah called Mulligans. Yeah. And it's a work on your
0: game course. It's a practice course, basically.
1: And I can't, the the first hole is 140-yard three, and I can't, just forget it. Just forget it. Like, it's a four every time. Missed the green left today, went through a fence, dropped, hit a beautiful, pxg sugar daddy wedge 60 degree yeah within five feet of the cup miss the putt ford what should have been a uh a a three yeah like you you just can't do it yeah you can't do it uh lonnie says we are ready for 12 a.m fry saturday uh big 12 day go byu yeah there's a huge party at byu uh to celebrate there should be uh you like playing tips huh i do i do gary See what he did there, Gary. So it's you're like a troublemaker. Tips,
0: tips, you see what he did there, Gary. You're
1: a troublemaker, and I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, uh, I am here for it. Spangler, Stanford about to become a mini Chinatown thanks to SC's decision. Here
0: to- we go, dude. You're 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 getting to a point where we're not going to read those kind of comments, Come bro. On, That's again, as I said before, before my guy gave you a second chance, be better, be better. I think,
1: and this is just my opinion. Okay, my opinion is that when you look at USC, USC's never going to struggle for anything. No. Nothing. They will always have what they want. Somebody like Stanford really should as well. Uh, Let's see. Puglia said PXG plug. They don't pay me. They, They do not pay me. I am not in any way compensated from pxg
0: no trust me we've made quite the investment
1: yeah i've got five g's in the pxg yeah. i'm five grand deep i have i i rock their tour bag um Which i gotta say
0: dude i love pxg tour bag is the only option
1: yeah the tour the pxg tour bag is amazing uh truck stop gumby my stroke is my own business <laughs> 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 you know uh Lonnie uh says TTU I don't know what that Uh, means I don't know yeah uh Nebraska versus Oklahoma is probably the greatest rivalry in college football for 100 years outside of Ohio State Michigan did they care no well I think uh Nebraska regrets being in the Big Ten every single day until they get a paycheck yeah and then the day they get their paycheck they're fine the next day they regret being in the Big Ten yep there's no doubt about it yep no doubt about it um Brian's Vandura Repair Help Channel. Okay. Uh, I find it very odd. It's 30 June and tomorrow San Diego State becomes more expensive to exit the Mountain West and nothing is happening. Well, they already gave notice. That deal's... But see, I think that's the thing that people don't understand. San Diego State is out of the Mountain West a year from Saturday. They gave notice.
0: But... And tell me if I'm wrong. My understanding is that if they don't pay the exit fee, they stay. Like they technically could Correct. still stay in the conference. Yeah,
1: the exit fee is the the thirty four million dollars. Yeah. is the only way to get released from their grant of rights. Yeah, that's it. And you you if you're San Diego State, you you wrote a letter, and we've talked about this on the show, and we've shown this letter. And if if this is redundant for people, I apologize. This is the letter that. Adela Della Torre wrote to the Mountain West, and right here she says, "San Diego State intends to resign from the Mountain West Conference effective June 30th, 2024." You're out. And then below she asked for an exit fee payment plan and a 30-day delay for quote unforeseen delays involving other collegiate athletic conferences beyond our control. The Pac-12. They're going to the Pac-12. They, I mean, this is this is in black and white as clearly as I can make it. Yeah. They're leaving. San Diego State is out of the Mountain West. Now, if they don't pay the fee. And I've asked this question and nobody's answered it, if, if we're being totally honest. If they don't pay the fee, my understanding is they are not members of the conference, but they cannot, they cannot have their games anywhere outside of the Mountain West television agreement. So they can't have a game on Fox. They can't have a game on ESPN. So... <coughs> You can't put, you if San Diego State doesn't pay their fee and joins the Pac-12, they can't put their games on Apple TV or wherever I they're going to end up. I just
0: don't know what you were doing here, man. Well, what like, they're
1: doing is they have, and this is what we reported, they have a verbal offer to join the Pac-12. We reported it first on the show. It's why we've talked, go, go back on the channel. We've talked about this repeatedly. San Diego State has a verbal offer from the Pac-12 to join the conference. San Diego State has had extensive conversations with Brett Yormark and the the committee members in in the Big 12. And they told the Big 12, hey, it's not personal. We believe we are a better fit and the lifestyle for our our student athletes is better in the Pac-12. And they're not wrong. They're joining the Pac-12 problem is the pac-12 a has to exist and b has to have a media
0: rights deal that's what i mean so so we can sit here and say they're joining the pac-12 but the reality of the situation is nothing's happening until you get a media rights deal done and that i there's
1: going to be a media rights deal it's going to get done it's a matter of how many of the remaining 10 members of the pac-12 will sign the sign the document i mean that's that's as simply as i can state. so
0: my thing is with san diego state is like okay cool I Understand you've got the verbal offer. The plan is to join the Pac-12 great. No problem with that But why would you write this letter if you were not a hundred percent certain? That you were getting that official, you know the official public. Hey We've invited San Diego State Like if you were not a hundred percent certain you were gonna be joining that conference before Tomorrow ends and hey, maybe maybe and I'm open to this maybe tomorrow The atom bomb drops and we get a Pac-12 media rights steal and San Diego State jumps in and everything's kosher. Sure. Maybe that happens, but I would be shocked. Yeah. I
1: think San Diego State is doing the only thing they can do, which is waiting for the Monty Show to go to Big 12 Football Media Days presented by BladeHQ.com. Please support our sponsors. This is a huge event. You guys know you are here for the content. We will have every coach and every player from the Big 12 on our show uh, two big days from AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas, um, and it's going to be amazing. And our friends at BladeHQ.com uh, and Big O Tires and American Fork are the reason that we are able to do that. And I, I just can't say enough about BladeHQ.com. Um, you know, you can join their Blade Club, which earns points on previous purchases when you sign up today and they're they plain and simply provide you the best knives from the best knife makers um, and they whether it is Kershaw whether it is Protech whether it is you know a, a Spider Co like they have every brand that you can think of from fixed blades to you know butterflies and folding knives and automatic knives um, you look at the the, the tools and outdoor gear whether it's apparel, um they have tactical pens and batons knuckles you name it they have got multi-tools they have one of the best gerber tools that you will ever see yeah i mean it really is one of the best eclectic mixes of knives tools gear you name it bladehq.com has it for you right now at bladehq.com make sure you tell them you heard about it on the monty show Um, we appreciate that we always appreciate you guys supporting our sponsors Uh, without people like big o tires and american fork going to get new tires unfortunately hank the grand cherokee which i've spent thousands of dollars on repairing now because i did not get the best deal it turns out and who's got most of my money on that big o tires and you know why because Big O Tires isn't just about tires. Big O Tires and American Fork, our guy Ryan down there, he is the lift kit uh, king in Utah County. You have a Bronco, a Jeep, you have a truck, you need it lifted, Big do O Tires it. and American Fork. You simply need a set of tires like I do, Big O Tires and American Fork. You need tinted windows, the guys at Big O Tires and American Fork, tinted my windows on the on the Grand Cherokee. Anything having to do with cars and upgrades and repairs, big O tires. And American Fork, along with BladeHQ.com, presents our coverage of uh, Big 12 Football Media Days. Steven Smith gives us $10 to say what question that you like to ask Brett Yormark first at Big 12 Media Days. Well, that'll depend on the situation. If it was today, how serious are you about adding current members of the Pac-12? I want, I, I, I'm serious like this this question of how serious is Brett Yormark about expansion is a big deal yeah I, I, w- I need some clarity on that that'd yeah. be the first question and then I would want to talk to him about the business of college basketball
0: yeah I would ask Brett Yormark how much uh, does the strength of a uh, an institution's basketball program matter in expansion that's a great question
1: it's a great question yeah, absolutely, uh, Brian's Vandura Repair Help Channel gives us five dollars to say Pac-12 media rights deal gets kicked down the road again. And
0: that's kind of what I'm saying about this San Diego State situation, bro. I mean, you know, again, yeah. I they gave notice and they're leaving the conference, but leaving the conference to go where?
1: Because it's a huge question. It's and, a huge question.
0: And by the way, if you were getting into this conference, and correct me if I'm wrong. But if they were getting into the Pac-12 just so easily, wouldn't you have to publicly add them to your conference to get a TV deal done? Like, wouldn't on paper they need to be in the conference? Or are you telling me that the as part of the deal, the, you know, it stipulates that they got to be added or something? I mean, it just is. I, I just it just feels more complicated and more, you know, uh, you know, just confusing than it needs to be.
1: Yeah. Um, Gary says, Kershaw knives are 11 out of 10. Definitely recommend. Yeah. I like it. You And you know, it's funny. I was flipping around bladehq.com. And if you don't, if you're not a knife guy, go look at their sales. Their their clearance sales section is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mike Smith, uh, I have a nice uh, little Kershaw knife. Good purchase in my opinion. Yeah, dude, I mean, knives are, knives are a vital part of your, if you're an outdoorsman, if you're a camper. You gotta have them, man. If you're somebody that climbs, if you're somebody that hikes. And, you know, the first thing I bought at bladehq.com was I, I bought Mrs. Monty' a little personal protection device. Like, you have to have it. It is vital if she is a massive hiker. She loves hiking, she loves the outdoors. You have to be able to not only defend yourself, but if you get caught on something or, you know, for me, I'm a snowboarder. Um, during the winter time, you have to be able to cut things. It is a vital part of your outdoor kit, man. Blade HQ has a ton of options for you. Uh, should have kept the Beamer. Oh, you mean the Audi. Exactly. The problem was the Audi was at a tipping point. It was at 50,000 miles. I had, I think 6,000, five, $6,000 in equity. Like I was at a tipping point point. and I'll be honest with you. I don't miss the Audi. I loved that car. I had an Audi SQ5 twin turbo.
0: Prestige.
1: Prestige, but it got 16 miles a gallon. It had beautiful red interior. It had a Harman Kardon system in it. Like it was beautiful. But the, the cost of gas has gone down for me with a Hemi V8. And the, I have a Jeep Grand Cherokee Summit. Um, and I've had to do things. Now I've got to spend about two grand on tires um you like i've had to have oil changes i have a tix break the brakes were dead um got a brake job at big o tires and american fork Uh, i put on some slotted rotors um upgraded pads like i'm just telling you it, it, it it's been a little frustrating that i bought a i bought a jeep grand cherokee and you know what? I should have taken it to a mechanic. I've never had to do that. I always buy German. I've been a Beamer Audi guy, um, and it's a, it's a lesson learned. Now, having said that, dropping the tint on it, getting new, getting the brakes done, having a V8, it's a wonderful experience. And having a, I'm telling yeah. you, having a Hemi V8, it's a game changer, dude. It is absolutely a game changer, and I love it. Uh, brass balls, what's up? So it's 9 a.m. in Arizona time tomorrow morning. Exactly right. <laughs> Don't forget tomorrow, you guys.
0: <laughs> it's not funny. Oh, you stop is. laughing. Hey, me and this dude have had our uh, have had our uh, quarrels on this show. That's some funny stuff right there. That is. That's funny.
1: That is. Um, I just think it is. I, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yes, tomorrow at nine a.m. we will be on. Uh, Clarence, uh, or excuse me, Chance K. Are you guys going to fire your sources on Clarkson's opt news? No, not at all. Um, and I we, love sh- this. we should we should talk this. about this yeah. here on the Monty Show. Um, Jordan Clarkson, we reported yesterday, opted out. We told the Jazz, "Hey, I'm opting out of my deal. I'm out." And I stand by our reporting that hey, he's frustrated he was not traded at the deadline. I think he feels, the word that was presented to me was he's a little burned out on the Jazz. And that he, he wants to play for a contender because he knows he's in the twilight of his career. He's probably going, he's in his 31st year, uh, 31 year old contract year in the NBA. He's 31, he's going to be 31 years old. He's got one more contract left, likely. I think Jordan is wanting to play for a contender. We were told by people close to the situation that Jordan opted out of his contract. Today, uh, one of the local beat reporters said Jordan is opting in to his player. He has a player option. And immediately, people are like, oh, you're an asshole. You were wrong. Well, it turns out we're not wrong. Did he opt out? No, he didn't but why did he opt in? Because he wants to be traded. And he knows that the Jazz will be more motivated to trade him if he can bring a a return, which he can. I think his return will be less. I don't believe they'll get a first round pick for him. But I think Jordan Clarkson is well aware that much like James Harden today, perfect example. Mm -hmm. James Harden, according to Woj, James Harden opted in to his 35.6 million dollar player option. He opted in and Woj reported he'll never play another game for the Philadelphia 76ers because it gives your current team the flexibility to trade you without getting to to have you go away without not with with Do I speak for a living? I don't. No. No, no. It allows the team you currently play for to get value in return. Right which motivates them to trade you. It makes Jordan Clarkson far more tradable. And the Jazz will get something in return. Jordan will likely get an extension, and he will get traded to a contender.
0: Yeah, and what's really interesting, to the commenter's point, is you notice that nobody's like, yeah, he's definitively going to be here notice nobody's saying that Jordan Clarkson not. Is, is 1,000% here and he's a Utah Jazz man. You know, for all of the, for those who are not in the Salt Lake market or maybe are not familiar, Tony Jones is one of the best writers on the Utah Jazz. Does a phenomenal job. Put out an article today talking about the three scenarios for Jordan Clarkson. And one of the best points he makes in this scenario where, you know, Jordan opts in and they trade him is that, the Utah Jazz are not comfortable paying Jordan Clarkson $25 million a year, which is likely what he would command <clears throat> on the open market. Which is by, what. By the
1: way, who, who, who had that story first? Yeah. Go back to the all star break. Go back to the trade deadline. We told you that Jordan's value on the open market is $25, $25 million.
0: Yep. So, and
1: he's going to get three years. At a minimum, and I think there will there would have been competition. He's going to get traded, in my opinion. But anyway, yeah. go ahead.
0: No, that's that's my main point. I think I think we've had conversations at length on this show, Grimm, about how Jordan Clarkson, uh, on one hand, was frustrated they didn't trade him at the deadline to a contender, but on the other hand, loves Utah, loves the organization, and uh, wanted to do the organization a favor, right? Which is why he said, "Hey, I'm not going to opt in." Right, Because you remember that reporting, which was also widely reported, that he told the Jazz, hey, I'm not going to opt in. Go ahead and trade me at the deadline. So what do we get now? Oh, right. He waited all season long, took forever, opted in just on a random day, I might add. And and all of a sudden, it was like, oh, you guys are wrong in your reporting. Okay, if you want to die on that hill, that's fine. But when Jordan Clarkson gets traded for probably a first-round pick and maybe... You know a second round pick or something like that some sort of package deal then we'll see because i i just don't understand the thing i can't get past is why is jordan clarkson uh at what is he 31 i think why why is this guy going to take a discount from the jazz to play for the jazz with all due respect for the jazz because he's had a wonderful career as a jazz man but it does not make sense especially for a guy who's with clutch to to be taking discounts clutch guys don't take discounts right they they don't take discounts so that's why i say like you know clutch sports group is notorious for getting their guys the most money possible which is why to your point james harden opted in so he can be traded uh roche gives us two dollars to say clarkson sexton collins in
1: a one and two picks for Luca. <laughs> well, Connor Bedard's mom is hotter than Luca's mom. Mm-hmm. And listen, I I I love Luca as a player, but that guy is My
0: name is Luca. Toxic. Dude, he's
1: tough to play with. Toxic. Uh, toxic is strong. I think he's a very difficult guy to play with. And I think it's why the, this story today that Kyrie Irving's going to go meet with the Suns. Am I the only one who, the the first thing I heard in my mind was, ooh, well, if Kyrie's going to meet with the Suns, uh, you, you think Luka's going to be happy about that? You think Luka's going to embrace him if he comes back to Dallas? No. That's going to be uncomfortable for a minute. Like, because everybody was saying, oh, Kyrie's on the verge of, Windhorst was at ESPN was saying, oh, Kyrie's on the verge of re-signing with the Matt. Well, actually, it turns out not to be true. Filling in for somebody. Yeah, he's going to visit with Kevin Durant mm-hmm. and the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the Phoenix Suns are also said to be, along with the Knicks, betting favorites to sign and trade for James Harden. So... fat. I, I, I think Luca's just a difficult guy because stylistically... Luca is a black hole. He is a guy that will dribble down the clock, not work the ball, not work the offense, and then get fouled and misses free throws. <laughs> and frankly, and then get laughed at by the Phoenix Suns. But frankly, the idea that the idea that <laughs> they're willing to trade Tim Hardaway Jr. Mm-hmm. and I think that is a piece that, like this this Laker trade. The Suns trade, DeAndre Aiton, and uh, essentially in return, you're going to get Tim Hardaway Jr. and a couple other dudes. I would pull that trigger all day long if I were the Suns. Yeah. Because it allows me more flexibility to sign a guy like James Harden. Because this is a five-out league now, which means you're not playing a true traditional center. Man, and, and I understand Luca and Aiton together in the pick and roll would probably be magic. <coughs> probably be magic.
0: <laughs>
1: you know. But, by the way, did you guys see that the Lakers opted out of Mo Bamba and Malik Beasley today? Hmm. And there is belief that Malik Beasley will re-sign with the Lakers today. Yeah. So.
0: On top of Austin Reeves and Maru Hachimura yeah. and d But, by the way, and I want to
1: make this clear because I did say this and everybody's pointing this out. I was incorrect that Jordan Clarkson, maybe, maybe potentially, I was incorrect that Clarkson was opting out of his deal. We reported, I said Jordan Clarkson's opting out of his deal. Reportedly, he opted into his deal. Now let's see Which what happens. Again,
0: is the other thing I have an issue with. I feel, I, again, I just feel like we're all jumping the gun on this because I haven't seen anything outside of one report that says he opted in. Yeah. And Woach hasn't tweeted about it, Shams hasn't tweeted about it. Right. Like sports. notice
1: how quiet the media is on Jordan Clarkson.
0: I just think it's interesting. I'm not saying that changes the fact that we said he'd opt out and he opted in. Okay, great. We were wrong. You're right. Awesome. But what I what I think is really interesting is that it just it just seems very quiet. There's no well and no I, talk about it. I will it. also say that people I know at
1: Clutch Sports are not talking about Jordan Clarkson. They have not answered text, calls, or emails.
0: And I also think something that's interesting, and this is just my opinion. I could be way off on this. You start hearing teams like Knicks and the Clippers and Phoenix and all these major players, which, again, is your credit, going after James Harden. You're telling me Danny Ainge? Danny Ainge ain't trying to get his firepower ready to go to be a third team in one of those massive league-changing deals?
1: Because I would also tell you Danny has had extensive conversations with the Knicks for over two years and the Phoenix Suns. Because they were close on a DeAndre Ayton trade last year when they traded Rudy Gobert.
0: So there's something fishy about this Clarkson situation. He did not just opt in, in my opinion. Hey, maybe we're wrong. Maybe he's just taking a hometown discount. And I'll eat That'd the crow wrong. sandwich. If, if dude suits up this season for the, for the Jazz on a final year of his deal and maybe he signs an extension or whatever may happen, okay, great. I'll eat the crow sandwich on that. And you guys can have your day feeding it to me. But I just think it's very interesting That we're not hearing anything about anything with Jordan Clarkson. That's highly unusual.
1: Yeah, I don't think it is at all koinky dinky. Where's the Ryan Smith tweet? Yep. Matt Ritson, what time is the show tomorrow in Alaska or Hawaii? Okay, well, Alaska's Pacific time. Right? So Is it? We're two hours behind So it'll be seven AM in Alaska. I'm pretty sure they're two hours behind us. Uh, And in Hawaii time, it'll be five in the morning because Hawaii's four hours behind. Hawaii yeah, is four hours behind. Uh, Tom Dean gives us $5 to say based, oh God, based on a pro rata basis. (laughs) Tom. Tom dude this is going to be legendary what has he finished this based on a pro rata basis how many pacific time zones in a straw <laughs> <laughs> that's well My done guy. sir. guy let's go that is that is very well, well done. done that is that is very well done uh chance k that's why i like you guys you admit when you're wrong well I, listen in our, in our i will tell you we do not report things on a single source, like one person saying, hey, this has happened. hey, your mom's ugly. Hey, okay, we're gonna have to go and confirm that with my dad, right? Like <laughs> multiple people told us Jordan Clarkson is upset with the Jazz because they would not trade him to a contender at the deadline. Yeah. Multiple people told us that he is frustrated with that, that he is disappointing with that, that he is burned out on the Utah Jazz. Multiple people told us that. Multiple people told us he would opt out. Now, the pe- one of the people who told me that was like, this is only to get traded. This is only to get traded. So uh, it, it just is not
0: surprising to me. I don't, I'll be honest with you, and I appreciate you coming in the middle chance. I. I, I think that, you know, yeah, sure. On a surface level, were we wrong about him opting in or opting out? Yeah. Yes. But that doesn't shake my confidence in the information that we get because the information we've received over the last two years has been great. Yeah. I mean, John Collins, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, like all this stuff. Like, We quite literally reported
1: something that we I, – I can't remember the exact verbiage we used. It was the Jazz are going to trade Rudy Gobert and build the team around Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. A week later – Adrian Wojnarowski: the Jazz have traded Rudy Gobert in an effort to build the team around <laughs> Donovan Mitchell. Like, we have been pretty nails on it.
0: Pretty nails on it. So, yes, I got it wrong. And I am not. I'm just telling you as a Jazz fan, though. As a Jazz fan, dude, I'm telling you, don't do not expect Jordan Clarkson to suit up until either he comes out and says something, or Ryan tweets about it, or you see some kind of actual news that dude's going to be here.
1: And I think if he's here, Jordan's going to want to start, and I think that's the rub. Yeah. Because I think everybody is well aware that Jordan Clarkson is a six-man.
0: And now you're much better than you were last year, and it makes more sense for him to be a six-man.
1: Uh, let's see. Otto Ching-Thonson with Marco I'm a Uh, Wooka. Okay, we'll just go and call Buddy A. Triple A. No, we're going to call him Triple A. Triple A. Okay, there you go. Uh, Utah, Arizona, Gonzaga, and Colorado to the Big 12. Those would be good fits, I think. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Ken Williams, all hat and cattle. JC is staying or it's a sign and trade. Sign and trade.
0: Mike uh, Smith. Ken, I got news for you, dude. Uh, You're not reinventing the wheel with that one. I love you, bro. Yeah. Mike Smith says it's all fishy. It is.
1: Yeah. Oh, gee, Gary. There are bigger fish to fry than Jordan. They'll get to Jordan once the big fish are gone. Totally agree. Yeah. Big Daddy Magic. Oh, Big Daddy Magic. We have a uh, a Victor Wambin. Your mama. Oh yeah. Video. Yeah. We well, yeah. okay. Victor's so the way. you know that we like to take care of our listeners, and there's no better listener on the show, no better ambassador. Victor's the way. The official money program. Uh, a, a ambassador is big daddy magic Victor's the, the three legged monster um you know he's our guy right so we decided to get some victor wambanyama uh three point magic today um you can see here that's that's victor wambanyama um, awkwardly shooting threes with the uh San Antonio Spurs summer league team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Corner three's going. Oh, wait, that's right, Brick. Okay, corner three going in. Yes, sir. Okay, let's move up so the to the elbow. Was good. Corner was good. Because he's always been a dominant player at the corner, and now the elbow three. Uh, oh, oh. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, looks good. Okay. Uh, it's a long release. It is a long release. Very, very long release. Um, he's gonna have to work on his mechanics. That's what I would. That's what I would tell you to look at. His mechanics are awkward. If you look at how much wrist flip he uses, not in rhythm, and the corner three, by the way, is the shortest position in the NBA. Um, so that's why he he will be a corner player. I don't think any doubt. But notice how um, in this video, notice how he has to flip his feet. Just watch his feet here. Notice this, watch at the end here. He's gotta really flip his feet. And it's yeah. it's just not comfortable. And it's, that jump he does there is not good mechanically. And he's gonna get better at this, but I, the reason we wanted to play this video is, if you look at the way his hand and his feet are out of sync and his elbow's really slow, you start to understand why the NBA is going to be a big transition for him, and there is going to be a developmental arc mm-hmm. for Victor Wambanyama. As there is with everybody. So out of – by the way, he's 7'3 and a half out of his basketball shoes. Yeah. So I just think Victor is a project, and we'll, we'll see how that, how that works. Um, truck stop Gumby says three-legged monster. Yes. You
2: are not <laughs> –
1: uh salty drunk, not the not the one-leg three-point shot. No. Yeah. Yeah, I not know. the follow like <laughs> tip slam his own. Spangler says, what a freak show. Dude has some serious chicken legs. Yes, he does. Yeah, might want to get in the gym there, slick. Truck stop Gumby says, dude kind of looks like Gumby. Yes. Dude is going to get trucked in the paint. Yes. Gumby, damn it. Yes. OG. Gary gonna have to fix his shot like rookie Lonzo. Ooh. Yes, it's not as bad as that, but you know. What's your Chip England now, Monty? My Chip England. What does that mean, dude? Yeah, but I, I don't know what that means. O.G. Gary. All right, see y'all later. Right. I, right. I, I. MH five three looks good, but my God, eat a cheeseburger. That That's what is, I'm <laughs> saying, bro. My God, like, eat a cheeseburger. Dude,
0: maybe, maybe Buddy needs to hang out with Zion a little bit. Fat. Fact. Ken
1: Williams says he's going to get roasted in the NBA. Fact. Yes, greatest prospect ever, y'all. You ain't wrong. Right. Uh, Cougar tracks. He's another Sean Bradley. Ooh, you know. Jennifer um, Lastimosa. If the news was true that Clarkson opted in, Jazz can't do a sign and trade because he's not an unrestricted free agent. Well, you essentially what he would do is his agent would work out an extension. But there are some limitations in that contract. Let's be very honest about that. Um, The Jazz can't extend him as much as he would like. There's a ceiling on it. He can go to another team and sign an extension. Like there's nothing that's going to prevent him from doing that. Um, It makes sense if the Jazz can trade him uh, through trade then scenario like Chris Stapp's Trade to the Celtics. Oh, I think it makes perfect sense. It's why James Harden opted into his deal in Philly. Yeah. Because it makes you more pliable for the organization. That's what I'm saying. Truck Stop says, take him to Jacks. Are you Chip
0: England, Monty? What does that mean, bro? Chip. Like, who, like, Chip? Yeah, who the hell is uh, Chip should England? Should I know Chip yeah, England? Who is Chip England, bro.
1: Chip, oh, a shooting coach. England, E-N-G-E-L-L-A-N-D, Yeah, American last basketball name is coach England. and former player, currently an assistant coach for your mom's pickup team for the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's why he knows that's him. That's why he knows him. I Okay. Sure I am. I, I know shooting mechanics. Yeah, and know you
0: know a good shooter when you see one and he's not one. Roche
1: VW will be good. He will. I think he will be really good in three years. I think it's just going to take time for his body to catch up. In his game, he's not going to be the player in the NBA he was in France. You're not doing those throw-down, tip-back dunks. No. You're not when you're – they they did a sports science on him. When Do you guys understand when he's ball handling and he gets to the top of his dribble, the to get the ball to the floor, it has to travel 10 feet? Do you understand how difficult that is to do in the NBA? Because guys are too quick for that. Yeah. He's not going to be able to ball handle like that, and he doesn't want to play with his back to the basket. So let's see where the compromise happens, right? Like that's, you know. Ken Williams, Victor needs some bucked-up energy drink. Hell yeah, he does. Hell yeah, he does. You guys need some bucked-up energy drink as well. Um, Ken Williams is well aware of the greatness of the buck shot, I'm telling you. We took it two hours ago, and I feel great. Yeah. I feel absolutely great. Get your free samples of bucked-up and the buck bar you guys i tell you this every day i i am not a fan of protein bars i eat them because i know i have to until now because the buck bar it i mean it's essentially a treat i look forward to it i uh, i use them for again this morning i had a buck bar on my way to the golf course i was not hungry um i it just is a really good filling nutritional stopgap for me that's what i use them for because it's reliable, it gives me energy and nutrition, and I believe in the ingredients. Um, You get high quality nutrients, like whey protein isolate, which is great. They use things like dates uh, to sweeten it so you don't get huge spikes in your blood sugar. I'm telling you, it's like the ultimate guilt-free indulgence, a buck bar, get the free sampler pack in the description below. I I am now hooked, I'm telling Mm -hmm. you, absolutely. Bucked Up Energy, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. And if you're in Utah, make sure you get to one of their stores from Farmington Station all the way down to the GZ. I shop at Orem in South Jordan. The folks in South Jordan are always great. I love the Bucked Up store in South Jordan. Or if you wanna shop online, go to buckedup.com. They'll give you 20% off at checkout online only when you use the promo code Monty, um, let's see, Yennifer La something like fishy, I think the Jazz and Clutch Clarkson working on a trade. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt because Clutch Sports, who represents Jordan Clarkson, I know some people at Clutch Sports and they don't want to talk about Jordan Clarkson. They will not, which is really odd for them because usually if you send them a note or call them, boom, yeah, hey, this and that, not today. Not on Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. They won't. Uh, Brady Cook, do we keep Colin Sexton or still try to trade him? I think they're indifferent. I think if a deal gets done because you can add Colin Sexton to it, they will trade Colin Sexton. Yeah. I think if they keep him here, I think he can absolutely be your sixth man. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Tom says, news on a new studio. Not that I'm aware of. No. Not that I'm aware of. Um, Louis Capazzo in the Jeezy. VW needs some buck feed to help him uh, put on some muscle, dude. You ain't even joking. What do you bench? You ain't even joking about that. Do buck you feed. even lift, uh, Kevin Peterson? Victor looks like he's one hard hit from the IR list. Seriously,
0: stay hard. How about uh, how uh, about uh, Domingo Herman with a perfect game? Yeah, how Making about that? Hits.
1: No, excuse me. Excuse me. Here we go. How about Anthony Rizzo preserving the perfect game? My right. goddamn first baseman, Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, should have been a lifetime Cub. still should be a Chicago
0: Cub. Yeah, the Rickets absolutely piped him, you know.
1: By the way, can I just say there's no need to have a NASCAR race in... There is no need to have a NASCAR race. Wow, are you race. being negative about NASCAR There right is now? no need to have a NASCAR race in Chicago.
2: Dude, are you and serious?
1: No, absolutely there is no need. And I'm telling you right now, if you are in Chicago and you and I both know that that NASCAR race is going to make you go deaf, you better call the Advocates.
2: Getting knocked around in an accident is awful. That's why you need someone to look out for you. Call the Advocates for your free consultation, and we'll keep you from getting knocked around.
1: Yes. Or go bowling at theadvocates.com, where you can always talk to an attorney live online 24-7, Chat with an attorney for free. You don't pay a penny to get the best legal advice at the advocates.com, utahadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Before we talk about hot sauce, uh, Ken Williams says, just ordered the bucked up bars. Love that, my guy. Love that. Thank you very much. Um, Before we talk about the uh, sriracha sauce, the whole thing is amazing to me Kevin Nagandi with the latest on James Harden in the Knicks or Sixers. Excuse me. I think he's going to the Knicks. Yeah. I think he's going to the Knicks. That's just my opinion. Um, is this going to be a busy free agent period? Man? Yes. You think it is? Oh, yes.
0: Yep. I think yeah. Harden's got to go somewhere. Kyrie guys like Austin Reeves and Jordan Clarkson and, and dudes who are in demand, man. Yeah.
1: We'll see. Cougar tracks. If you're in Chicago, you might get shot. Call the advocates.
0: Thanks, bud. Nice (laughs) tag.
1: Do we have some gun crime problems up there? You know. Um, Let's talk about hot sauce. And then I want to talk about Tucker Carlson versus Fox News. Yeah. Do you guys understand there's a sriracha shortage? I didn't know this because I'm Caucasian. Right, you don't do hot sauce. Dude, I can't can't even look at a bottle of sriracha without watering. Right. Mrs. Monty.
0: Hey, Monty.
1: My hot, sexy wife loves hot sauce. Did you guys know that it's $129 for a two-pack of sriracha hot sauce right now? Yes. I'm sorry, I thought you said $129 for a two-pack of hot sauce.
0: So the issue is the sriracha shortage initially started at the end of the pandemic because of weather uh, where they grow their peppers, right? And it was only a couple of flavors at that time. So it wasn't a big deal. And then it turns out that the folks who produce Sriracha hot sauce got in some trouble in California at their Irwindale plant because the odor from making Sriracha uh, apparently was getting into the communities. And so then the government in California had to get involved, which delayed shipments. And now the sriracha maker, uh, Hoi Fung Foods is their name, uh, is now saying that, yeah, it turns out that we're we're not going to be able to keep up right now. Yeah, so we're going to raise the prices. Um, and now there's a shortage. And people are pissed about it to the point where they're stealing sriracha from restaurants. <laughs> oh, come Dude. on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Stop it. So. Are you really stealing from restaurants? Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it.
0: Which I say, okay, sriracha's good, but if, I, if I'm if i not paying $129 for hot sauce, I'm happy to get uh, Taco Bell hot sauce in a jar. It's really good. Does does the job. Roche says,
1: what? I'm really low on sriracha. I was going to get some tomorrow. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Well, no, you're not
1: to 122 just skip the hot sauce it's get, brutal get some pico de gallo and you know for your quesadillos yes new life how are you how do you think utah will build up to uh the game against tennessee well i mean i, I would guess they'll lift some weights and you know take some protein powder from buckedup.com but what do you bash i don't know that's going to be interesting Tennessee is going to be good again, I think. Yeah. Uh, salty drunk. This program is drifting further away from sports. It's football and food. Well, football sports.
0: Dude, we just spent 40 minutes on the NBA, bro. Like, what <laughs> I, Like what are you talking about, man? Um, Mike Smith. The important things in life. Salty drunk. Yeah, yeah dude, Football I mean, and food. Yeah, well, again. And sex. But, you know. Yeah, but we're not going to talk about that because this is a family program. <laughs> uh, you know.
1: Truck stop Gumby. One month from chili season for me. Hey uh jackson graham don't buy sriracha call the advocate. that's right that's right
0: <laughs> that's right
1: uh capazzo i love that stuff too bad uh California will run them out of business okay
0: California. Ah. They fornia i know
1: also says football and food are life that's what i'm um, saying dude <laughs> your watch is broken jake does we does did mean? 40 minutes of yeah, we did, bro. Like, I don't understand. And we'll do more tomorrow morning. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, but hey, real quick, uh, before we roll out the crib, uh, I do want to talk about Tucker versus Fox, because I truly thought Tucker Carlson leaving Fox News was going to be the end of Fox News.
0: Like okay, I when thought you say the end of Fox News was. I mean?
1: thought they would go the way of CNN and not really have anybody listening or watching.
0: Right. You know, like I because thought their ratings
1: would tank, and it was just going to be the end of the end.
0: Yeah, they were just going to be
1: mid. it turns out that's not the case so you guys may know tucker carlson got fired from fox after the whole dominion voting thing oh he like he was accused of all kinds of stuff with like harassment and hostile work environment
0: said a bunch of stuff that he shouldn't have said and got in trouble and they lost sponsors
1: like it was a whole thing i think everybody knew it was coming yeah that's stupid so he leaves fox he's now doing 12 minute monologues on twitter once a week but He was had a massive audience. His his latest monologue has not a lot of people watching it comparatively. So Fox News announced a new lineup last later earlier this week, actually. Right. They had lost 29 million viewers when Tucker left the channel. People are like, oh, it's over.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Well, now they're down to having lost only 14 million Um. in a really slow news cycle. And when the submarine was missing, they actually submersible. Thank you. When the submersible was missing, which now they found (laughs) human remains in the submersible. Right. Anyway, when the submersible thing was happening, the ratings in Tucker's old time slot were actually higher than they were before when Tucker was there. Yeah. And with an election cycle coming, the projection is that they will have higher ratings now. (laughs) <laughs> so if we go back and play hindsight being 2020 who won tucker or fox news well i still think tucker getting his freedom and being able to do monologues on twitter i think that's a win for tucker partnering with elon musk that's a win for tucker all gas no break but i know this is probably milk toast. my opinion is they both won I think Fox did what they needed to do because by the way, their ad dollars also went up in prime time. Right. And I think Tucker did what he had to do, which is go to Twitter. Now they're going to go wind up in court over that and we'll see what happens ultimately. Right. But I think they both won here.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the tough part is like, it, what does it say about, uh, you know, their audience? Cause that's what I think is really fascinating. Like I think, it was, it, like, in my opinion, the way I had taken the story when Tucker left was like, all right, well, now we're going to see how married up the Tucker people really are. Right. And I think, you know, I would have thought that Tucker would have had quite the audience go. But I think what ultimately has happened here is is because he's only doing it, as you said, once a week, okay, people are tuning in, but it's in people's routine, right? So the reason that Tucker did so well at Fox is because... You know, the blue-collar guy who worked his ass off all day earning his living and putting food on the table and doing his thing came home and was like, hey, let me grab my beer, let me turn on Tucker, and just see what's going on. And and that's why he was so successful, Yes, right? And I think anytime you leave a major network and you're off for – I think it was only off, like he he didn't do content for, for like six weeks. Right, it wasn't really that long of a time, but enough time that people – not forgot about you, but you just left people's day-to-day. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to do Tucker on Twitter, and then I'm going to suit over that. And then people inevitably, because again, we all fall back into our habits. People are going to go back to Fox. And they're like, oh, well, who's this guy? And all you have to do at Fox with the new guy is just win even half of those people yeah. over. Because the election is yeah. going
1: to bring more people to Fox.
0: Yeah, I mean, if there's an election happening, people are turning the news on. Yeah, I mean, it's and, just
1: happening. Especially... You know, in, in the Republican Party, and the conservative wing of this country, Fox is a massive player. Yeah, absolutely. But so is Tucker, because I, I truly believe that Tucker Carlson was the voice of conservatives, for especially since the beginning of the Trump era.
3: I'm but not think, a big fan of Fox. But
1: I think Tucker was a really important voice in the conservative movement. Mm-hmm. And his firing at Fox left a gaping vacuum there that eventually Fox was gonna fill and fans really don't have, you don't have, like Newsmax is not a conservative outlet. Like nobody's watching Newsmax and being like, there's my news. Nobody's doing that. We saw people almost immediately like trickling back. Yes. To Fox, right? And and Hannity being moved down, Lori Ingram being shortened up, like they tweaked their lineup pretty significantly. Yeah. But there is no question that Tucker Carlson was the voice of conservatives in this country. And he made a lot of mistakes, for better or for worse. But Tucker was the voice of conservatives. Yes. On the channel that served as the the, the home of conservatives. So I think there was always going to be a vacuum there.
0: Well, and I think if you were Fox, like, it, it was, like, if you're Rupert Murdoch, no, you, you weren't surprised. Like, at some point, you had to see the writing on the wall for Tucker before he ended up firing him. Yeah. I mean, at some point to know okay we're kind of treading in some dangerous waters here and people you know outside entities are going to start getting involved and maybe some suits or we may get in trouble for this or that whatever like you you knew that that stuff was coming and so to me again i just say a network like fox and i'm not a huge fox guy i'm also not a big cnn guy like i don't watch unwatchable yeah like i don't watch news overall i gotta be honest with you that's just not where my tv time is spent but but uh, an entity that's been around as long as Fox News has been around, they haven't done it for this long by being reliant on one name or whatever, right? Well like and it's flexibility. Not, it's
1: not accidental. Fox News's success is also their failure in that the you know, the election coverage and mm-hmm. but I, I I think like the Brett Baer interview with, with Donald Trump last week, or they they give you at least a product that you can watch like Don Lemon at CNN. I mean, the guy yeah. was fucking miserable. Awful. That you, you, like who,
0: because who in it's this gorgeous. country,
1: liberal or conservative, who in this country watched Don Lemon? I certainly didn't, you cannot, he's unwatchable. Like Tucker is getting 12 million views on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Don Lemon, one, I don't think to it's working two, nobody's tuning in to watch a monologue from Don Lemon on Twitter.
0: What do you think about? I've seen some people run out the idea just as an idea, not a reality, but just as an idea of CNN taking a run at Tucker, because if they were to pick up Tucker, wouldn't that be genius? Because then it's like, OK, yeah, we're CNN, but we've kind of flipped the news game on its head because now we have this guy. Like Tucker, yep. we picked up this new audience, I, and I think there's a. I don't think CNN is in a in a place financially to take that kind of risk. To be honest with you, but but I thought that was an interesting concept because I'm I I love that. Like with the Pac-12 thing, I've always said, hey, if you flip this whole situation on its head and you go out to market and you allow schools to sell for themselves, you'd be in a great place. Same kind of thing for CNN with Tucker. But
1: somebody explain to me why would Tucker go back to TV?
0: Well, okay, that's a great question. Tucker's not shown an ability to to understand how to make his own product Uh, he hasn't shown that ability because
1: he's never had to but what tucker carlson i think can do because he has financial resources he he's an important voice for conservatives he needs to be heard now the problem is he's under contract he's not going to be anywhere in my opinion yeah and i think he's going to lose in court to fox on their their non-compete clause in his contract because yeah. they're paying him they didn't terminate him and not pay him he's going to wind up sitting out this next election cycle which is just ball busting for conservatives because yes. he's a really important voice for conservatives and it, it when that's over i think he's got like a year from
0: november is when his contract's up right man that's a long that's time. A long bro. time that's a, you see what i mean like, he, he didn't do content for six weeks after he got let go from Fox. Dude, you're talking about not being able to even sniff a news network till next year? But my point Whoa. is, can he negotiate a settlement where
1: he's allowed to do YouTube? Where he's allowed to do, like, you look at a guy like, who's another conservative? a Glenn Beck, right? You look at what Glenn Beck's built. Glenn Beck's built a pretty good existence for himself doing radio and internet. Yeah. Tucker's got to get on internet. He's got to have his own platform. Get on the
0: internet. Because
1: A, I understand Tucker Carlson does not appeal to the broad base advertiser. Right. Like the Coca-Cola's, the American Family Insurances, the Progressives. Like he's not going to appeal to those brands. Yeah. But there are brands out there that will support Tucker Carlson. There's money for him to be made there in really good money. But is that going to be a platform he's going to build? Is it going to be YouTube? Is it going to be what's it going to be? Is it going to be is he going to go join Glenn Beck?
2: No, I guess
3: not. Is
1: Elon Musk because there's a lot of talk that Elon would develop a platform with him. I don't think it's cuz I don't think CNN exists in its current format in 2 years. I really I mean that thing's a shit show. Who's I'm who's watching CNN? <laughs> Honest to God, <clears throat> like if you're a liberal, aren't you going to MSNBC? Aren't you like you're not going to CNN? It's unwatchable.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think CNN would tell you they would, but yeah, I mean, the entertainment value is such trash that
1: it's, it it really is unwatchable. Yeah, it it is. And if you look at Tucker, he will have a home. I the the question is how much effort is he willing to put in? To fighting off and staving off irrelevance between now and then, facts, because that's going to be really difficult. And I
0: think the argument, like for non-competes and contracts, I think the argument around YouTube is really a fascinating one because there it are limitations to non-competes, and and I obviously don't have access to the exact verbiage that was used in that specific non-compete, yeah. but but at some point, free speech comes into play when you're talking about outlets like YouTube.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I just think it'll be interesting. Um, and then,
0: and then you, know, not, you know, not to cut off the comments, but then the other side for Tucker, because of some of the things he said, uh, is YouTube community guidelines, you know, and, and making it so that, you know, you're in line with what YouTube allows and doesn't allow, you know, I mean, that's the other side of it.
1: Yeah, and YouTube is a Google company, so yeah. that's a really good point. Uh, Roche says, Fareed Zakaria is awesome and should take Lemon Spot instead of Sundays only. Yeah, I think I think the problem is Fareed has had opportunities in, in wide release, and I think his accent is very difficult over time. Yeah. And in this country, that probably does not play as well as it should, but the presentation is important. Mike Smith says, Glenn Beck is a self-described clown. He... in glenbeck doesn't take glenbeck seriously no he doesn't gregory krug does glenbeck university play trump university in football this year seriously yeah
0: seriously but i think i mean you have to give glenbeck some respect for what he's built i mean I, I i don't disagree with you know uh salty drunk are you guys still using the smoker yes
1: absolutely oh, yeah. the fourth uh, of july will be ribs yeah low and slow on the trigger dude yeah the smoker's amazing the smokers. Yeah, we've been so busy. Yeah, dude. That
0: life hasn't really been able to take place lately.
1: Yep. Big Daddy Magic says Glenn Beck is really good. He's very talented. Uh, Tucker on Rumble, tumble could be. Uh, Cougar tracks in Game of Throne is Game of Thrones good enough to watch? Oh my god! Absolutely. Yes.
0: Have you never seen Game of Thrones, dude? Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. It's a me, but there's a lot of violence and nudity. I would warn you to that. Yeah. Mike Smith serious newsmen or journalists are not what makes the money and gets the ratings. That's Absolutely the they are not. That's the truth. They're not. And I think that's why you know somebody you know a I'm trying to think, a Sean Hannity. Like Sean Hannity gets deposed and admits he knew Donald Trump's election theories were lies. But he he can't say that on Fox because that's not their brand. <coughs> or a Tucker <coughs> Like you guys remember, Fox goes in the court and says, nobody takes Tucker seriously here. He's not a journalist. He doesn't have like that's the problem with news now, is we've gotten so polarized. There's
0: gray, there's so much gray area.
1: Right? And everybody's trying to sell their right. And it it it's I think the days of Walter Cronkite will never return. No. Never return. Uh force ghost Fabio Fox. First six seasons of uh, GOT are great. Yeah, Game of Thrones is. Yeah. I mean, dude. Elite. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. All right, there you go, my friends. I appreciate you being here. Um, If we don't see you tomorrow morning, don't forget the Monty Show presented by the Advocates. The Advocates want to wish you a happy 4th of July. Have a safe uh, weekend. Enjoy it with your family and friends. Remember, the Advocates are here. If the celebration gets out of hand and you're injured because of negligence of another, theadvocates.com, utahadvocates.com. Chat with an attorney live online 24-7. You do deserve an advocate, my friends, I'm telling you. You do deserve the Monty Show tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, until tomorrow. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.